everyone to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming our podcast, taking some time out of your busy life to listen to us. And remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe, leave us a kind rating, share it with your friends, whatever it takes to get the Chompcast name out there. Game of the year time has come. The prestigious Daggertooths are glistening behind the stage, and this is a day, well... Day one of two, I should say. Um, today, we'll be running through every major category of the year for our best of the year shows. And tomorrow, we'll be counting down the top five games of the year. So make sure you catch both podcasts in your feed. Um, if this is the first one you're listening to, there will be another one in there. Uh, but I will get to the categories and all the rules in a minute here. I want to get to some quick intros just in case this is your first Chomcast ever. Welcome. And... Uh, I'm going to welcome my good friends, the people you'll be listening to for the next couple hours, um, the co-hosts that make the Chompcast what it is. First up, my good friend from Texas, a man who still swears that the clitoris is the evolution of the Pokemon cloister. Anthony Fisher is here. How are you doing, Fish? Uh, good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a real fan of water Pokemon, so... Yeah, I never found out that... Mm. I never quite dug deep into whether or not that was true of it being you know an actual pokemon or i've i've heard rumors that it evolves in on something else like i think you need like a woman to put that on yeah you need a uh, a moonstone at night oh okay you trade it with a moonstone yeah. is that how it works yeah you have to trade okay. it with a moonstone trade it with at a moonstone night. okay yeah. oh. uh, okay that's true we get Huh. Um, well, that doesn't surprise me, Fish, knowing you. Um, you know, the birds and the bees and Pokemon have <laughs> eluded you. Um, you mean the Pidgeys and the okay. Beedrills? Yes, I like that. <laughs> the Pidgeys and the Beedrills. Bravo, my friend. Um, we are glad to have you here. And uh, up next on that same line of introductions, <laughs> uh, a man who is a master at evolution, Pokemon, and, of course, the clitoris. Let's give a warm welcome to the science guy, Shay Layton, here from Japan. How you doing, Shay? Hey, motherfuckers. I'm good. How you doing? How you living? We live in large. We live in... We, mister, we're living large. I don't know who you are, but you sound hey, so powerful. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, we living. <laughs> we out. We in. Is, we doing. You know how a, we do. We have a guest You know host what I'm saying. Here. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, you know it saying. would have been the Pidgeys and the Butterfreeze, not the Bee Drills. Because I like mm, butterflies, no, motherfucker. No. I like butterflies. <laughs> the Pidgeys and the but <laughs> the Pidgeys yeah. and the Butterfreeze. Well, whatever. And you float boat. like a butterfly and sting like another butterfly. Cause fuck bees. That's right. <laughs> fuck bees. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Bees out this motherfucker. I'm gonna go with it. You know what I'm saying? Let's uh. <laughs> Let's let's bring in the the real Shay Layton, so people aren't completely confused when your voice comes in. Oh my God! Hi, how are you? I'm really excited. God, you're not going to make this easy, are you? Hi, guys. You're how are you? Gonna make my this name easy. is Shay. I'm ready to record our two day extravaganza uh -huh. of Game of the Year, motherfucker. I had I had you written in here, Shay. It said the science guy, Shay, and then I started thinking of the Bill Nye thing. Shay, 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 Shay. 
but no one joined in on that. So yeah, I thought I, I was setting everyone. I, I don't theme. have. I'm not cool enough to have a theme song. Bill Nye is the only one who gets it. That's okay. Um, we are happy to have you here, my friend. And uh, if you ever get a chance when the show's over, you can maybe teach Fisher a th- few things about the clitoris. That would be great. You, you bet your sweet ass and half a titty. <laughs> Just half. Uh, and last up, but surely not least, a man. This is always tough, Josh. Your intros are always the hardest for me because I, I know what I'm going to go with Fish. I, I know where I'm going with Shay. But Josh is always a mystery. But um, how about this? A man who has evolved beyond all Needs for regular human genitalia. Joshua Fowler's here. That works. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, stumped. I imagine the evolving is is about done at this point, though. Well, given the situation, but uh, you know, what does that look like, Josh? If you've evolved beyond regular human genitalia, what do you, what is that? Is like your mind? Do you just like? Um, let me see. What was something? I think I can assume you've undressed a Barbie before. It's 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 along those lines. Undressed a, huh? Okay, I I don't really <laughs> I I don't know if I have undressed a Barbie, Josh. Uh, maybe when I was a sure I, sure I, <laughs> yeah I believe that maybe maybe when I was a wee lad. Um, I had a very rough upbringing, Josh. You don't even want to know. Um, mm-hmm. I just imagined, like last week, Fish said you, you know, the skills that you have and the way you inhabit the earth. I just imagine that you don't, you don't need a penis or a vagina. You're beyond that. So, okay, there we go. We got it. We got it from. <laughs> He's like, I'll take it. Um, basically, Avatar, basically, they had those. Basically, how Josh gets off is protons and electrons come together mm-hmm. and they just smash together. It isn't like actual genitalia. It's protons and electrons, and they just smash. And that's counterproductive, mm. because, or counterintuitive, rather, because it's usually protons and neutrons in the same vicinity. But Josh, he's evolved to see protons and electrons smash. Oh. And that's what he likes. I like that. I like that when I could throw Josh, Josh off a little bit, watching on the webcam with these intros. Just a little bit, try to throw him off the rails. You know what? It's okay, because there's one thing we know Josh does well, is he can rip some games apart. And if there's ever a show that you get to rip some games apart, it's going to be this one. At least in the second half. You know, The first half of this show, by the way, I'm Morgan uh, Barnes from Montana. I'll be hosting this little shindig. Um, one of the great things about this show is the first half of the show is more about, you know, I've been thinking about a lot lately about the season of giving. You know, like I'm old enough to the point where Christmas for me, because it's around Christmas time here, and, you know, it's not quite the same obviously as when I was a kid but I enjoy watching my daughters uh, open up presents and my girlfriend and my family members like the fun of giving and in a lot of ways that's what we're doing right we are giving back these dagger tooths these awards to the games that meant so much to us this year and uh and that's a good thing and then we'll probably rip them apart when we argue uh, about the different categories and what we think should win um, which I think is a pretty good setup for laying down the rules here. So the way this works, if you've never listened to one of our award shows, we've only done one, so we are still growing, evolving, and figuring this thing out, is the first half of the show, we all take turns talking about our favorite games of, uh, I'm sorry, our favorite winners in each category, our personal choices for favorite. It's very uplifting, fun. There's a lot of, you know, um, self-congratulation going on there. It's a good time. The second half of the show, 
we basically argue about which games in those categories should win to represent Sword Chomp as the overall winner. So the first half will be our personal picks, and the second half will be a debate when we have to come to a consensus. And that's the hard part because there's four of us. A lot of podcasts I listen to, they have five or like five people or, or eight people or some weird number, so there's always a swing. With us, we need at least three people to fold, which means... Yeah. Some... And I'm a lonely swinger here. Yeah, so... And, and there's only... <laughs> Teach me your swinging ways. Um, (laughs) uh, At least that we know of, and we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, So, anyways, here is a quick rundown of the the rules. They're pretty basic. First and foremost, we allow each other one tie in any category, and that's because sometimes it gets tough, but it's supposed to be a fun thing. It's sort of like a mulligan when you go golfing with your friends. You get one mulligan, or in this case, one tie, where you just can't quite decide between two things. We allow each other to have that one tie. And um, the, the second thing would be there's going to be some spoilers. So definitely be ready for that. And the tiebreakers, as I mentioned, we have to convince the other somebody to bend so we have a three-person consensus. Um, here's a quick rundown of all the categories, and then we, we will get right to it. But I want to let the listeners know what's coming up on the show. Categories. Duh, 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 duh. We have favorite art direction, favorite character, favorite haircut, Favorite soundtrack, favorite boss, character you'd want to have a drink with at a bar, and that's a character from 2017, of course. Favorite gaming moment, favorite narrative, favorite game that describes your sex life. That's a weird one. Favorite gameplay mechanic, favorite use of sound design, and favorite game this year that wasn't actually released this year. And of course, lastly, and surely not least, a weird one that's kind of special to our show, favorite gaming ecosystem, because we always do like a biology section or a science show. Uh, I'm sorry, a science section each show. It's kind of our thing. We thought it'd be fun to try that. So some of these are experimental, like um, the best game that describes our sex life. They might be really funny, and they might just be a train wreck. We don't know. It's going to be fun. So hope you stick with us. And it goes without saying, all these are pertaining to games that were released this Man, year. you missed a good joke. It could be a stud, or it could be a dud. Come on. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. 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 Well, I, you know, I'm kind of locked in. I My podcast room is kind of dark, and I'm sitting here just, like, reading these notes in the... Uh, in the darkness, but um, I wanted to set the mood. This is a very special podcast for me. I got like a nice glow, a blue glow coming off my microphone, my new mic box. It's it's very tranquil in here. I just took my headache medicine in preparation for all the terrible choices you guys are going to make. It's <laughs> I'm ready to go. <sighs> all right, so... The second annual Dagger Twos are underway, and if you're not familiar, that is basically our special award at Sword Chomp that we give out. We have pictures of them on the Instagram and Twitter if you want to see them. The Dagger Twos, obviously playing Sword Chomp, blah, blah, blah. They are awesome. They are amazing, and it is an honor to be received. Wait, let's get, let, me, let me try that again. It is an honor to receive one. Um, so let's get right to it. Boom! I'm going to kind of throw these at you guys in different ways so you can have no idea. Who, who's going? I don't want to keep the same order. I want to keep you guys on your toes here. All right. So, <clears throat> first category is let's go with a nice easy one for a warm up. Favorite art direction. Okay. So we'll go around the room here. <clears throat> your personal choice, Anthony Fisher, for favorite art direction of 2017 is. Oh, this is tough. I, I had three of them. 
that I wrote down. Um, mm-hmm. And going through all three of them, it, it was tough because I, I had Destiny 2 on there. I had Zelda Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild on there. I also had mm-hmm. What Remains of Edith Finch as well. What the f- what the fuck? Yeah. Not the choices I expect. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so so Destiny Two, mm-hmm. Edith Finch, surprising, and Zelda, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was just trying to pin down which one, like, inspired me as far as something that's very artful and kind of had a nice direction as of. Where what they want the character or what the player to see and everything, and I felt like what remains of Edith Finch like always pointed you in an area that was of interest, and I just I, I looked at it that way kind of with what remains of Edith Finch, and huh. yeah, like the art, like the the visuals in the game are actually guiding the player. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay. because you're yeah. you're just going through a house and you're going from room to room and you're kind of taking a little bit of the lay of the land. Um, and every once in a while, it'll kind of nudge you towards like this um, beautiful scenery and then kind of move you along. Um, it, it's almost like they, mm-hmm. they're counting on the player to look in this direction um, or look out at the sea and, and try and find something like that. You know, that's fascinating because most most of the time art direction refers to um, just sort of like the way the game looks. But and, and your def- your interpretation is not necessarily wrong. You're saying you're looking at the way they've crafted the game visually to sort of also not just the way it looks, but kind of the way it's guiding the player too. Yeah, yeah, it's still you know still stimulating and uh, pleasing to the eye. Mm, stimulating. Oh, pleasing. I was going to say, dare you say arousing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dare you that's a that's a different thing yeah okay that's that's an, that's another you can still find it on the internet but um don't we do want to get ahead of ourselves uh okay wow that's i gotta admit right off the bat you've thrown a curveball that i did not see coming um that's true mm-hmm. underdog okay well cool cool choice um what do you got shay for best art direction 2017 this one's a no-brainer clearly it's fifa 18 I mean, my <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, clearly, have, it's Cuphead. Have you seen those footyballs? It's clearly Cuphead. That game is visually arresting from the moment you start it until the moment you finish. It is beautiful. Does on- anybody else have Cuphead? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Does anybody else have Cuphead? Uh, it's not. It didn't actually win mine, but oddly oh. enough, both of those were runners up. What? What remains and Cuphead. This is already some bullshit. Yeah, it's, that's mm, mine. On my short list. That's yeah, mine. Exactly. Go ahead. Exactly. Obviously, the first, when I was very hyped about this game last year, the very first thing that I noticed was the 1930s mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie style cartoon look to it. And that mm-hmm. that alone was the reason why I was so hyped on this game. Because that cartoon style harkens and you know what there's some validity to what you said morgan last week to things that are nostalgic to me you know get a slight boost to me and even though i wasn't born in the 1930s or Mm. around in the 1930s obviously um if you guys didn't know that if mental math is difficult for you Mm -hmm. i got you covered but i'm having trouble processing it right now i know i think i had to lie about his age to get into world war ii it's a a case of a (laughs) benjamin button type of deal i think oh he's i was gonna say i'm more of a vampire than anything i'm i'm related to tom cruise and interview with a 
vampire? Is that what it's called? Anyways, um, uh, uh, tangential. In ten, Chomcast, <laughs> in 10 Chomcast from now, Fish, he'll just be a baby. That's what happened. He'll go to the podcast and he'll just be a baby. Shay, how you doing? Yeah. Tinder. Where? Tinder. Geekers. <laughs> I'll swipe it right, guys. I'll swipe it right. <laughs> but um yeah no it just it's such a beautiful looking game and each boss fight is magnificent there's so much love put into each level even the um running uh-huh. gun levels it's just it's awesome there's so much going on in those levels and um yeah, yeah. even though they're difficult those yeah. visuals pull you through sometimes like when you're pissed off and you're like fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat this level. And you're like, well, I want to see that third version because this boss, like, there's so much going on and it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. it pulls you through. So definitely this game. That actually yeah. pissed me off when I was doing the um, the simple, like when I was trying to get my bearings in the game, mm-hmm. I was doing the simple version of the levels and mm-hmm. they actually cut out the third form. And I was like, this is like the most cruel version of difficulty dropping I've ever seen in the game. Because, you know, normally mm-hmm. it's easier, but they don't take something away from you. I was like, ah, fine. I'll beat it on normal. And I'm yeah. glad I did. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant of them to do that. But yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Shay is right. That is also my choice. I'll talk about that. Uh Josh, I'm you and Fish are throwing me through a loop here. What do you got, Josh? Uh this was a tough one. There were a lot of really cool and unique, just standout art designs this uh-huh. year. Yes. Uh this one was tough. I liked I liked what remains of Edith Finch. Not so much for the way it pulled you through, but the way it changed with each character's story each as like you flashback went through there. yeah yeah each flashback yeah. was kind of told with a slightly different art style but mm-hmm. it all felt cohesive like you're, you're getting this whole family story so i mean that's 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 one of the reasons i loved loved the art style in that game mm-hmm. um and then i mean uh cuphead for the reasons we just talked about um oh, there were some good ones uh good ones the the winner for me though actually was snipper clips the fuck? Really? <laughs> what is happening yeah. here? That's a, that because is, that's the, the whole... one for the Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the that's Switch. a good looking the, uh, It's like a, it's like a two-player uh, puzzle game, but yeah. you're playing as a piece of paper that can also cut other. It's, it's, it's got like an arts and crafts supply type art style to it, but that's the gameplay too. Yeah, everything makes sense in. In context, like everything, everything you see uh, acts the way you expect it to, and it looks just unbelievably charming at the same time. That's true. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I I was familiar with it. I was just checking out some. I briefly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I briefly played it when the Switch first came out, and it reminded me weirdly enough of like when you were watching Nick and not necessarily yeah Nick Junior when you were a kid. And they like had Dora the Explorer and Blue's Clues and all those cartoons on, and in between they'd have these like little commercials, huh. and it'd be like the like I don't know I don't know what it's called like the still frame shooting where like everything moves, like they take different shots and everything they move slightly over so it looks like it's moving. Yeah. That's yeah, what the yeah. game kind of reminded me of in a way. It's just like those still frame camera shot type of scenarios, and I don't know why it reminded me of that, but yeah, yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it's so cool. The way that yeah, game plays out, that. um, I played it for like an hour. Is... Yeah, so I could definitely see that being the case. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and this was this was tough competition this year because there's uh... so so many amazing mm-hmm. art styles. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, so. if, if fish do a curveball, you've literally just curved my balls and um, shoved them right up my own ass because I did not see that coming. Uh, wow. How, how does was that, that? Is that a job to be done? How does that feel? <laughs> I thought that had already been checked off. It. It. I don't know. It's not unpleasant, but it's not exactly pleasant either. I'm still kind of processing the whole thing. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of processing, I will never be done processing the glory that is Cuphead. Uh, I can't believe Fish didn't even nominate Cuphead. Like I'm, just, I'm like, uh, yeah, my I'm, jaw I'm dropped. Yeah, <laughs> I figured Fish would have selected that for sure. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I disappointed you guys. Yeah. No, I, I love that game. I love its art direction. I would say it's probably fourth on that list. But there has never been a game that looks like Cuphead in the history of video games. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. No, that that's but, that's something different and like to reiterate on like that art direction. Yeah, that that stuff made me feel like I was a kid again watching cartoons. Um that was the easiest category for me, honestly. Some of these were hard, but Yeah, that wow, one was that's just gonna be interesting simple. To... Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go for Gravity Rush two, Shay. Mm. Because that was on my I, that short was, list That as was well. my second choice. As gorgeous that as that game was. That was my second choice. That was, mm. It was very difficult, but Cuphead, like we said, is, in terms of mm. video games, something I've never seen before. Gravity Rush 2, there are very few games that look anime. like it. But yeah, it's definitely yeah. second on the list. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's it. Um, art direction is down the books. Fish goes for a curveball <clears throat> with what remains of Edith Finch. Shay and me went with Cuphead, and Josh went with Snipperclips. And mm-hmm. one category is down. Well, it be interesting to argue about that later. Uh, next up, we have favorite character from 2017. Uh, I will start this one off with Josh. Um, what you got, Josh? Favorite character? This is another tough one. Um... Yeah. Um I've been debating this one. I haven't decided if I want to use my tie on this cuz it's so close, mm. but um uh, but I I don't want to. I don't want to I don't want to have to use it. Um so yeah, I, I my favorite character this year was Jodariel from Pyre. Mm, interesting. Mm, good choice. Good the choice. Horned, the horned woman. Mhm. Yeah, who got uh yeah, sent to the underside for disobeying orders. She, she, yeah, she is just huge fucking badass. Just the best. <laughs> the best. Why? Give me an example of why you think she's a badass. You don't need an example. Well, it's like clear I said before, in the game. <laughs> well, what I mean very much, but there's people <laughs> yeah, that she is she is probably the strongest character. In that game. Well, I just mean like or there might be someone it. that's listening that but, maybe is not super familiar with Pyre. So they okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. For for if the un- uninitiated, you know, broad strokes here. Um, Joe Dario is a demon in Pyre, mm-hmm. um, which is they don't exactly explain that because they kind of hint that it's not a distinct race, but like somehow people turn into them, but yeah. they don't really go into that that deeply so that you know the lore is a little bit hazy there mm-hmm. um but anyway she was at one point um a commander of uh of an army on the on the outpost on the on the on the border 
of the uh, um, Commonwealth in that game. And basically, the story of Pyre is that you are in essentially a, a whole country that is... You're in, in Australia. Uh, they sent you out to Australia because you're a convict, and you're <laughs> fighting for your freedom to get out. But anyway, Judariel was sent there because she disobeyed an order that was going to endanger the rest of her troops mm-hmm. and got sent away. Exiled, yeah. Got exiled. Oh, and uh, exiled. she's such a good character. Yeah. Yeah, she's she yeah. kind of like one of the first primary characters you get. Definitely one of the heart and souls of uh, of the Pyre storyline. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a lot of depth for sure. Somehow I missed that she was a woman, and then I felt really dumb when you guys told me that. I was like, "How did I miss that she?" I, yeah, that, <laughs> it's really cool. She's a badass uh, female character, but I went like forever thinking that she was just like a male demon for some. Not that it matters, male or female, but I was like, "Oh, interesting. That's cool." I'm all yeah. for seeing more strong female characters in video games. Um, interesting choice. Actually, one of my backup choices, Josh, was uh, Tezio. He didn't win for me, but you know, when Te- when I found out about Tezio and Pyre, I lost my shit. I went and I went to Twitter. I was telling <laughs> everyone how cute Tezio was, and Tezio is basically a tiny little fire imp that, um, what do they call them, like the little wagon imps or the... God, it's been so long since I played Pyre, but basically he was like a primary companion. And he's mostly like the cute little... Um, he, uh, I, I don't know. It's gonna escape me, so I don't want to get too hung up on it. But basically, he's like the cute little companion imp character. You can make a plushie out of me. So fucking adorable. Um, and he's fucking fun to play. He was so fast. Like when you had uh, Tizio on your team, because he was like a speedy little um, bird-like character, technically an imp. But he was just ruthless, and he was the first character I actually um, freed and actually ruined the whole game for me. Prince Sidon is my choice. Um, this is because this is more of a fun. This is not who I'm going to go to bat with later, and I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to go to bat with later when we argue about this. But um, my favorite choice is one that no one probably knows or cares about. There is a prince in the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and he is a shark. He is part of the Zora. He has. He's basically a giant shark prince, exactly like that. He's a shark man. He's fucking badass looking, and I love sharks. And he just, the art design on him is so cool looking. You get to do this whole mission with Prince Sidon where you, like, swim on his back, and it's, like, <laughs> it's just so cute. Like, you swim around his back, and he launches you up these waterfalls and as you take down the divine beasts. Uh, and it's just cool that you actually get moments to bond with. And his family, too. Like, his father was this giant king, Zora, and they're all, like, a whole... Sh- race of shark people there's like a hammerhead shark one and they, they all look incredible after i fell in love with prince sidon i remember telling you guys a lot about it earlier this year i went online and found out there was all these like fan fictions people were writing about link and prince sidon the shark prince um which you know is whatever apparently people are taken by him as well but he is so uh-huh. badass now i know this is not something you guys are going to pick more than likely but as someone who loves sharks this character wasn't just someone I thought was badass and enjoyed playing in the game. I had sort of given up on Breath of the Wild for a while, and Prince Sidon brought me back in. My daughter was playing the game, and I looked over on her screen, and this Zora was sticking out of the water talking to Link. And I was like, what is that? That looks badass. So I took the Wii U pad from her earlier this year, and I walked down the path and ran into Prince Sidon. And from then, I was hooked again on Breath of the Wild. So, I mean, it tailored right to my specific taste. So the Shark Prince... Zora uh, race, I believe that's what they're called, um, from Zelda Breath of the Wild is my favorite character of the year. What, do you, right. what okay. do you got, cool. Shay? Cool. 
So this is where I am going to use my tie. I'm going to get it out of the way now. Uh, Ooh, my first okay. choice is Cat from Gravity Rush 2. Um, she is such a vibrant character. Um, she has so much mm-hmm. going on this, in this world. And just really, from the moment you start playing with her to the moment it's done, um, it's just, she has so much going on. She has all these characters that she interacts with. She has she has this like very unique personality in the game where she's very empathetic in a world where empathy mm-hmm. is almost gone um, in accordance with what's going on in the world. So basically gravity rush Two is largely about social injustice and um, basically talks about like the lower class, middle class versus um, upper class. And she kind of, she kind of gets to throughout her story basically see this injustice and she can do something about it while the world around her is being plagued with um these various enemies so she just has an incredible amount of depth i could go on about her for an hour but i'll make it succinct the other character i really liked um is very difficult not to pick a higher character i was very very close i ended up going with uh senua or senua from hellblade because uh, yeah. I love how mm-hmm. much yeah. um, work the producers and creators put into her. Basically, actually hiring like behavioral psychologists and researchers to emulate and imitate psychosis um, just makes Senua feel like a complete, like completely unique character. I've never played a character that feels this yeah. like psychotic. Yet you sympathize with her because she's going through so much, and it's it's weird because like she's so badass um, that in a way mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys I like slightly feared what she was going to do from time to time in the game just because not because like um, anything other than like her psychosis is just so far out there that it's just trippy playing through that with all the voices being in your head and her seeing things and her badass abilities and her trying to find her lost love Dillion throughout the game. She just, she has so much complexity about her. So I absolutely love both of these characters. Her eyes, her eyes are just so, so expressive. Yes, Uh exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Both these characters were phenomenal. And I I hate not giving love to Pyre because they had some brilliant characters in there. But I think these two characters were just, for me, a lot better. And they said a lot more and spoke a lot more to me than any other character in any games. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I feel you there. Senua was also on my short list, but I didn't want to give one game way too many awards so i kind of <laughs> that's fair i had uh, no cares about surprising. that uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i like to spread it around too josh um speaking of spreading it around that's what, she what do you got fish um yeah i am spreading this one kind around um uh yeah my first choice was actually uh william joseph blaskowitz what BJ BJ Blaskowitz? Yeah, he he. I don't know. I I found myself relating to him a lot during the mission, in a weird way. Like he's vape brains. That's what it is. No, no, not <laughs> what. <laughs> that's no excuse. 
Oh. On BJ Blazkowicz. Oh, maybe. That's that's fair, Fish. I, I've seen you multiple times in a situation where you're blowing away enemies while your pregnant significant other has her shirt off, bare-chested, just blowing people away with her eight-month-old pregnant belly mm-hmm. full of twins. Yep. I've definitely seen yeah. you in those situations. <laughs> it's actually how I met how I met Fish. That's how you, that's how you met <laughs> You were just a soldier that's on the sweet, opposite though. team, and you saw that, and you're like, mm-hmm. fuck this. Yeah. I fell to my knees and I wept. <laughs> the beauty. And, yeah, and shortly I, I went, you know, went over and introduced myself. So yeah, it's not yeah. the first time you went to your knees either, but actually it was. I take it back. That was so bad. I'm actually gonna edit that out. That was so bad. <laughs> no, don't I'm you dare! Don't you dare! Don't. I'm you not kidding. Dare. I'm cutting I don't out like. I don't like shaving so in charge. He's just gonna cut everything. How many times Josh says he's gonna edit something out? Never. <laughs> Oh, um, I, I just I do it. the shit out and of you the don't, show last You don't realize. Let me, let me, try, I cut, let me try it again. I cut a, that uh, like been a good the first 20 minutes time. last week. That might have been the first time you went to the news, Josh, but definitely not the last. Zambo. That was equally as bad, and that one's getting cut, too. God damn it. Just leave them in there. Okay, sorry. You know what? You, that's why they call me Snipper Clips. God. You going to take I'm, that one out, I'm too? editing that one out, too. <laughs> God damn You are. It. Why'd you send it off the whole show? God damn it. Yeah. Suck all the personality. All right. Back to BJ Blazkowicz. Yeah, he BJ's kind of uh he's like your typical like meathead type of character. He even has like that meatheadish voice and he's just everybody treats him almost like a meathead. Like they they look at him and it's like, yeah, we gotta get that nuke to uh Roswell. I guess you're up, BJ. And he's like, sure, why not? And, but he plays, he's, his his character goes a little bit deeper as far as, like, you, you hear some of his backstory of how he grew up, and uh, you learn about his father and his mother. And Is it relatable for you, kind of? It, it, it gets, it, I could kind of relate to some of that stuff, like, and, and could see where he's coming from, and... Like later on in the campaign, like he actually has a run in with his father, and I thought that was a very big moment uh, in that game. I thought um, and it was very emotionally charged as far as between the character, between BJ and his father, and the conversation they have and what goes down. Um, and I, 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 I thought that was something that stuck out to me as far as with that character and. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I give you shit, but it's not like he was even for like a generic sort of meathead soldier. They did try to infuse him with a lot of uh, depth and layers to his personality. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, having like given him kind of like this old persona, like throughout like the first few couple of missions, he's he's always talking about, man, I don't know how long I have to live, uh, but he's just he's 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 constantly thinking, you know. He's going to die soon, and he's going to leave behind two children that he really wants to uh, help his uh, significant other uh, raise them. So, yeah, it, it's it, there's some layers to him um, more than I was expecting. And um, it, for a game like this, you know, where it's just pretty much a shoot 'em up, and you're, I pretty much was just playing for the cutscenes, but. Um, yeah, I was surprised by it, and I... Yeah. I just, yeah. So that was your choice, BJ Blaskowitz? Mm-hmm. 
I think that's a good choice. Yeah. I mean, wow. despite him being a meathead, there's a lot of wads to him personality-wise that make me really like him. Some wads, <sighs> yeah. Some meatheads and some meat wads, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, as a character, you know, they tried their best. I told you guys it, took, it was a little hard for you to take him somewhat seriously just because his appearance and sort of the archetype of Wolfenstein, but but they that's what they were working with, you know. It was the opposite of the Doom character from last year where they just didn't, he didn't talk or anything. It was just sort of a soulless vessel. So, uh, interesting, interesting choice, Fish. Again, another curveball. I like it. A soulless like husk like picks a soulless character for his character of the year. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't think BJ soulless. I. I don't think I would say. You that. literally just um, said that. No, I was talking about the Doom character from last year. Oh, okay. The, uh, okay. the Doom. The the Doom hero from last year. He didn't talk. He was just. I said it okay. It's like, like a joke. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just kidding myself. God damn it. Um, it's a point of emphasis. Uh. I just I'll repeat myself. All right. Okay. So that's going to be a messy one to argue about later. That's for sure. Um. All right, first fun category of the night. Uh, Fish brought up this category, so I'll throw it to him first. When he was joking around, like, I think it was last week, he was like, best haircut, Link from Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea for a stupid category. Because we want to have fun. We want some serious categories and some fun categories, some silly ones. So, Fish, I'll throw it to you first. Best haircut of 2017 in video games. Hairstyle uh, haircut, whatever. Uh, Link. 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 Bro, breath of the Wild. <laughs> Was that your Link voice? Ha! Huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey you listen. Know, you know, <laughs> wait, first, off, first off, Link doesn't have a fucking voice. You never hear his voice in that game. Ever. Mm-hmm. Unless he's, he's chopping up uh, some uh, moblins and yeah, yeah. grunting. And kicking his horse to make it go faster. But other than that, yeah, he, he doesn't talk. And, and you like that? You like this? You like the strong, silent type? Yeah, and the stylish type because uh, yeah, every time you <laughs> there's different helmets that you wear in that game. Um, mm-hmm. Some just cover up your hair, but uh, there's one in particular. It's the it's it's the stealth mask. And he actually puts his hair up into like this big old bun, complete with chopsticks oh. too, which just fucking threw me off and like almost sickened me that Link would what? go that so far. That sounds like something you would do. You would put chopsticks <laughs> in there. That's a fish move. I've never tried that, but yeah, I would do that. No, but it, yet. It, there's so many different like hairstyles to him actually in that game. Like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. I, stylish. I, he's, he's stylish. Got, you know. He always has that long blonde hair that's just mm-hmm. nice and cut. Like I feel like he just has Jesus. like the perfect. You're really going set on with this. That's that's the issue. Link has that haircut that looks like he spent hours on it, but he probably just rolled out of bed and it fell that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I get. Um, okay, well you you stayed true to your original joke pick. I like it, Link. He does have quite the smashing haircut. Yep. What about you, Shay? Um, so this one was almost a no-brainer. I definitely picked, um, Edith Finch. I think she has long flowing tresses that you get to enjoy throughout the entire game. Um, Uh, 
They, they, beautiful. Yeah, Simply beautiful. If you spin beautiful. your camera around fast enough, you can actually kind of see it waving a little bit. Oh, That's yeah. true. Okay. That's true. They did a yeah. really good job. Yeah, you just have to turn fast you know, enough. You can imagine yeah. any haircut you want on either fence. So that's the beauty of it, right? That's true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure you see her. Don't you see her at like a dinner I don't table? Do you? Oh, I don't remember that. I don't know either. I'm just exactly. <laughs> shit Nobody remembers. That's why it's the best hair. Sounds... That is the best hair. No. Boo. Boo. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, Josh, what do you got for best haircut hairstyle? I, I intend to have several joke answers here, and it's not a tie because this is a joke category anyway. Uh-huh. It's just oh, I took mine seriously. Putting that out there up front. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. I'm I I'm sorry for you. I just want. But uh, anyway, oh, I had f- I yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously the best haircut, and it's actually part of the story. Um, it was a really interesting story beat. It was actually uh, B.J. Blaskowitz in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> up, I want to get this head chopped off. Yeah, oh. that's an. Am- I mean, it's a little short for most, but. <laughs> As far as haircuts go, oh, that's a good one. That's very, good. very impactful. That's, was, yeah. that's true. That's the closest you get to a mm-hmm. close shave. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Josh yes. never even played that game, but I think it's funny that he that man. That's pretty good. I, I I thought mine was a guaranteed winner for this later, but that's pretty good, Josh. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then, uh, as far as slightly you serious can't, answers, can't top that, Josh. Uh, yeah, Calamaria. Oh, the, uh, Josh, that was mine. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I, I kind of assumed it would. I be. I got it pulled up right so here on, on my list. Mm-hmm. She's got an octopus for hair. I mean, Cuphead, yep. come on. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So if if I had a serious one, that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm also fairly impressed by Mario's hair in Super Mario Odyssey. Mm, I can't get because it. the man's been wearing a hat for the last thirty years, uh-huh. and he takes it off. Yeah. And his hair is perfect. It is perfect. I mean, what the fuck, Mario? Just perfect. What the fuck? Well, I mean, there's there's something going on there. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. say that Mario isn't quite human, but maybe, hmm. maybe. I think there's some Tom fuckery, for sure. Well, there's some fuckery, but is quite there possibly. Tom? Possibly. Uh, that's the question. Mm-hmm. Another joke to edit out. Stop <laughs> taking away all my jokes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah anyway take the other one yeah. leave my fuckery in there yeah that's good yep. me and Josh actually had uh, Cal Maria was mine too but I do like the BJ one just for this absurdity <laughs> of it all. Uh, but I mean Cal Maria has octopus hair and it's so mm-hmm. cool looking like I would get a tattoo of Cal like if I was a younger female I would get a, a tattoo of Cal Maria Right above my ass crack. You know that what, doesn't mean you can't get. You it. know what you could do since you're gonna be bald here in the next three years. You could just get an octopus tattooed uh-huh. on top of your head. <laughs> uh, I don't see. You know, I think it looks cool. There's but, something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend was in love with it. When I, that character just looks amazing. But when I saw that last night, Josh, it was an accident. When I came across it, I was like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's the best hair right there." Um, yeah, it really is. As far as serious answers go, that, that's yeah, probably it. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I think BJ's got her beat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll fight about that later. We'll fight about that later. Yeah. Um. We'll have to get consensus. Uh. Mm, okay. So, 
Best soundtrack is next up on the docket. Now, I guess I'll start this one off because this is my tie. I just wanted to say that I did not go with Sonic Mania. And it wasn't because Josh and Fish were consistently wrong about their hatred of Sonic Mania. It was because Josh made this point earlier in the year that although the music is incredible and remastered in many ways, it's mostly taken from classic games. A lot of it's not technically new. So my choice was a tie between uh, Near Automata, um, if I could say that correctly, Automata, Automata, whatever you want to say. Uh, now, I felt weird because I actually said a couple weeks ago after the Game Awards when it won Best Soundtrack that I thought the music was a little... Uh, wasn't that amazing and then i finished near and i have not been able to stop listening to that soundtrack um so i felt crazy about that in particular this track right here called alien manifestation enjoy So that was a that was a track that meant a lot to me from the soundtrack, uh, and that tied with Destiny Two. Now Destiny Two, I almost felt weird about giving it this uh, category, but don't you owe me, Josh? Destiny Two was well. I mean, at least there's not a Paul McCartney song in this one, no, so isn't. it's automatically a million times better there's a Paul, than the original oh, that's Destiny right, there soundtrack. There was a Paul McCartney yeah, song. Yeah, the, I end of the you first one. Sent that to me <laughs> last year. I remember that. Yeah, I was driving in Bozeman. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Like so, just the way they used the music at the beginning of the game. Um. There's several composers, and they sort of broke away from Marty O'Donnell's. Like he worked with Halo, and then he worked on the first Destiny. Uh, minus that Paul McCarthy song. And Paul McCarthy. They found their own. <laughs> What is Paul, Paul McCarthy? McCarthy He's married to Jenny McCarthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Generation gap. Uh, <laughs> I got a funny story about that, um, but that's not really appropriate for the show. Some other time. Um, so basically, whenever me and Fish started playing Destiny, we were talking about how they they used the music so incredibly well at the beginning of the game, right? And there's this whole sequence at the beginning where you sort of fall from grace. But the biggest thing that hit me, especially when you get to the farm, and I've sent you guys this song a million times, the farm, the music from the farm in Destiny 2 transcends what I would think for a shooter. It reminds me of something that would have been in like an RPG, like a Final Fantasy game that I grew up with. And I just love that. I, I used to listen to the farm while I was working on the podcast for hours at a time. Now, the whole soundtrack isn't incredible, but a lot of it is. And... Each area of the world, um, each of the different planets had their own tone with the music. Like when you get to um, Titan and you go underground, it's got this very sort of like dark electronica vibe to it. Like they did such a great job. But the standouts in each game will resonate with me. So my tie is best soundtrack would be Destiny 2 and Nier Automata. Fair Shay enough. Layton. Mm. What is your choice for best soundtrack of the year? Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. And this is a short clip of The Farm from Destiny 2.
Hope you enjoyed that, and you side with me for best soundtrack of the year. Shay Layton, my good friend, what is your choice for soundtrack of the year? Mm, yes, thank you, Morgan. So, after tossing this question around for all of 0.2 seconds, it was clear to me that Gravity Rush 2 had the best soundtrack. Oh, oh no. That one was simple. Um, honestly, it's very whimsical. Um, when you play the game, the soundtrack reminds me a lot of an older Final Fantasy game mixed with, um, I, I guess, the soundtrack from a Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, it's okay. just, it's okay. great. It, like, I, I know, I know <laughs> that you guys, um, Fish and Morgan, didn't really have a chance to listen to it in its full entirety, but... When you're playing that game, the music complements the what's going on so well in the story, and it's it's great. I mean, it, it adds so much. Like that's why that game is so good, and it's so sad that it was mm-hmm. as underrated as it was, is because the 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 visuals are good, the sound is good, the character development is good, everything about it is good, including the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, the soundtrack was one, a standout for me, and I love that music. And I actually listen to that soundtrack fairly frequently. It's great. So that's my wow. choice. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it did. Uh... It is good. And here's a sample from the Gravity Rush 2 soundtrack. Enjoy. What about you, Josh? Ooh, this was a tough one. Uh-huh. There was some really good stuff this year. Uh, Gravity Rush Two is really good. That's one of the that's one of the games that I let my kid turn up when she's playing, right? Because it's just it's it's so good. It's you let so your good. daughter turn up, or um, you let the music turn up, or both? Both. Like anytime I'm playing, I'll turn it up. But yeah, like if my daughter's playing Gravity Rush Two, which she does. Actually, I think she just finished it. I'm not sure. I'd have to go talk to her. But, uh, yeah, I'll let her turn that one up. Uh, so many good things. So many good things this year. This one this one was rough. Rough, rough. Um, bow wow. Uh, bark. <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. That's Josh Stalin yeah. to grab his list. Yes, to find my list here. Um Oh, this one was tough. I mean, Gravity Rush 2, I loved. Cuphead, I loved just because, like like you said with the, the, the graphics, the music fits so well yes, in that game. Yeah. But I the the music I listened to the most, and that's kind of what finally clinched it for me. Because uh, there were so many great soundtracks this year, but the one that I still just listen to um, fairly often is uh, the soundtrack from Pyre. Yeah, so I guess. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You were going to go is with it? Pyre. Pyre did have... I remember it's the second choice. I turned on Pyre, I was like, man... Because uh, I remember playing Bastion and being like, man, this sounds exactly like that Bastion music. It's fucking, like, dark. It's gritty. Like, it's almost got, like, a southern, like, um, soulfulness to it, but then some Electronica vibes. It's just... Uh, it's eerie and beautiful. It's, it's great stuff. Yeah, Darren Korb did a really yep. good job. Yeah, he does good. a really good job producing music for both that and Bastion. They're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, and Transistor as well. That's one that I most people missed just because it was yeah. uh, a subject matter that didn't really click with a lot of people for some reason, which is strange. Did you yeah. do the music for I, that um, one as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to go play that. that I, I didn't play it, not because it didn't amazing. look interesting. I just missed it for some reason in my life. I feel like that game didn't mm. get a lot of publicity and kind of fell through the cracks compared to Bastion and Pyre, so. Yeah. Yeah, that one's definitely one to go back and play because I, I listened to that soundtrack. Mm. I don't know if more than Bastion, but probably pretty close. Mm. Really? Okay. Because it's, 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 it's great. Of the three soundtracks, great, great. Pyre, Transistor, or Bastion, what would you say is the best? Mm. It's probably still Bastion, just okay. because the songs in that yeah, one, like they the were great, the yeah. lyrical the lyrical songs, are so good. I do love the song um, Empire when you do the rights, for your first right, and they mm-hmm. sing, yeah, it's great. I really yeah. like yeah. the so song here's a, where um, the, the two duet in that game. Um, I think it's yeah. like one of your last. Yeah. yeah, it is your last fight in that one when they do the duet. I loved that that whole sequence, mm-hmm. especially the song that they sing. Yeah. Yeah. Here is a, uh, Oh, it's great. Here is a sample of the Pyre soundtrack. Enjoy. When the stars align, the rights shall come to bear. Illuminate the sign. The exiles shall be there. All are not the same. All right, yeah, great, great choice, Josh. Great choice. I was kind of thinking to go that way. All right, so Fish, what's it going to be, my friend? Um, much like I guess um, you, Morgan, and uh, Josh, I. Uh, I, I kind of fell on the the song that, or I guess the soundtrack that I actually went out and tried to listen to, because um, a lot of times I don't go out of my way to listen to gaming game soundtracks. I usually just experience them in the game. But uh, mm-hmm. this particular game, I went out of my way because it, it it's the orchestra in this game just it. It, it caught me. It, it caught me off guard, and it uh-huh. it held on to me in a way that I just I wanted to. Yeah, it's a uh, Destiny 2's um soundtrack. Uh, that a boy, the, fish. That a boy. Yeah. Particular song, Journey. Um, that's that's a part where it, it got real unnecessarily emotional, but like it it really fit the theme of what they were going with, and they play that song at during the beginning. Um, after their, I think the first mission, and uh, mm-hmm. you're this guardian without its power, without its powers, and um, it it takes on this whole different vibe at that point. It, it almost didn't feel like a Destiny game, um, and I, I I liked where they were going with that, and I wish they would have. What game um, did it feel like? Tell uh, me, I'm confused. What, uh, what would you? Say? Oh, Josh is giggling. The best part of Destiny when it didn't feel like Destiny. <laughs> Wash your tongue. Such a such a great sell. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, you know, De- Destiny oh. has it has its ups and downs, especially with me on this year. I'm not Mostly as ups. high on Destiny as a as opposed to uh, Destiny of 
uh, the first Destiny. So it's because we broke you of your addiction. You started a gaming podcast and we yeah, broke you. Yeah, of your... you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. you broke my love for a gaming pr- franchise. That uh, no, we can still love it. I don't know when you break a person of its love. <laughs> we fixed uh, you. <laughs> You're better uh, now. Yeah, it's a journey from Destiny uh, Two. Well, here's a sample of the song Fish is talking about uh, from the Destiny 2 soundtrack. Enjoy. choice fish i mean that was one of my ties so definitely i'm right there on the same page with you um whew, that's gonna be interesting later on when we talk and that surprised me too. i mean it shouldn't be surprising because the first destiny and great music too but um did some great stuff with that all right, all right uh definitely some interesting choices me and fish went with destiny 2 josh went with pyre and shay went with gravity rush 2 all right but, but I'm moving right along. Next category, favorites boss. Now, we threw this category in there because boss battles is something that's been around forever. And it doesn't have to be a generic boss like you'd expect from a video game. We allow creativity in these answers. It could be confrontations, things like that. But best boss um, is the, the category you have at hand. And I'm going to start this one off first because if you disagree with me, you're fucking wrong because the best boss of the year is King Dice from Cuphead. And it's not even close. Anybody else have King Dice? He's on my short list. Oh my fucking God, you guys are cool. <sighs> All right, let me compose myself here. <clears throat> well, Josh, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and you said it was one of the best bosses you played in years. Mm-hmm. What the what happened? Yeah, very short list. You might even say it's <sighs> well, the, the King... first one on that list, possibly. Possibly, right. you'll see. It, are okay. are we okay. at? Or do you want to keep? I just wonder if anybody else had picked King Dice. Anyway. Um, it's such an incredible boss fight. You King, play King Dice. Yeah. He's the best. So that was your choice for best boss? Yeah. Why didn't you say anything? I, I'm sorry. I was a little preoccupied. God damn it. Okay. There we go. Fish is on my side here. Um, yeah. It, so the, go ahead. It, it's, it's like a, it's a multi-stage boss fight that you fight random different well not necessarily random if you could get that dice roll down you and i'm yeah. pretty sure any competent player can actually get that dice roll down just one out of three but um yeah the the fact that there's nine other bosses on there it's it, it's 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 a fascinating concept to that game that um caught me off guard but fit it yeah. so perfectly i think because mm-hmm. Yeah, so that brings it, it, in a question, it, a loophole then, like, honestly, because each one of those can be considered a boss fight in their own. 
So do you consider the whole thing the boss fight, or do you just consider King Dice himself a boss fight? Because I think that's almost a loophole in a way. I would say the whole thing would be it. Yeah, because because he, it, I wouldn't. I would say that the thing King is, Dice, is Dice himself is a boss. Okay, then, yeah. then what would you call that, like, the ads in Destiny uh, during a boss fight? Uh, are they part of You're the, not are they the boss? Or? You're not speaking well, my language. Okay. The boss fight is King Dice. On, Let Fish finish. Fish can make his own points. Did you mute yourself? Apparently, can't fish can't because he fish muted to make himself. his own points. <laughs> he, muted, he muted himself. That was perfect. That was perfect. I, com- I completely agree, fish. I completely yeah. agree. Thank you. Of course. No! You guys saw my lips moving. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's try this again. <laughs> Your mic's on, fish. Go for it. You're hot. <laughs> um. Uh, how about Wolfenstein Two? Where you're fighting those two big bosses at the very end, and those ads come in, like, would you consider that part of the boss? Would you consider that part of the boss fight? It's all part of the one sequence, so yes, I would. But you're like each part of King Dice is a different sequence, which is why I personally wouldn't. But we can agree to disagree on that one because I don't care that much to fight about it. I just no. Yeah. Well. We yeah, well, the, thi- the thing we is, is like, you, you come across King Dice uh, as you beat each one, though, so um, you, you're, you're essentially coming back to King Dice each time until you finally get to him and um, go up against him. Uh, so I, I would say King Dice is essentially all those bosses. Okay. Agree to disagree, then, baby. Anyways, short summation, because we agree. A a bunch of mini-bosses, that's a key word, Shay, mini-bosses, compose a larger boss fight that is King Dice, is incredibly creative, it's unique. They spent a lot of time, just the art that they spent, creating each little mini-boss within him um, as well, all of his different phases. The fact that he's a giant uh, gambling board, uh, what is it, like a crafts board or whatever, um, and you have to roll the dice to move your slots, and you can you'll have to do the whole thing over if you land on the wrong spot. Um, and get creative with how you approach it. It's just it's tough as fuck. It's incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and I, I, I'm shocked, Jay, that that wasn't yours. But but uh, like Josh was alluding to, I want to get to this first, just because Josh said he was first on the short list. So I'm curious to see what the short list for Josh was. Yeah, I, I'm next. Then we'll all right. We'll go with that. Yeah, um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, this was a tough one because I think one of my favorite bosses this year actually was uh, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine from Sonic Mania. Yes. Because for a, a bitch. brief shining You're moment, You're lying. you got to play a better game. You motherfucker! <laughs> you <are a> mother- <laughs> yes. Uh. Okay, now that I shit all over Morgan, I think I can continue with my... uh, (laughs) Fish was all like, what the hell was that Tetris thing? (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, goodness. I had more fun with that than Sonic. Mm Mm-hmm. They're fired. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's... I mean, that that was... That one experience kept kept King Dice from being, you know, the top. Oh, okay, okay. So that was your... Uh, Anyway, yeah, I... King Dice didn't quite get it, 
he's an amazing, <sighs> amazing boss. But I kind of I was conflicted, kind of the way Shay was. I do think the whole <sighs> thing's a boss fight, but because okay. the time when you're actually fighting King Dice himself was shorter, it kind of it knocked it off for me anyway. Um, but uh, my favorite boss from this year was uh actually Fenrir from uh, Hellblade. Um, just because that entire mm. oh yeah that segment was, yeah. was just amazing leading up to there. Um, all mm. the bosses in that game are amazing. They're um, really but, fucking good. Yeah, but Fenrir especially, just the way they handle it is just he feels so overpowering whenever you go into that fight just because yes. it's yeah the entire segment before then he will one shot you like you have to get through the entire level before that without letting him touch you at all and then you finally get that mm-hmm. fight and you have to kill him in his own lair just in you know pitch darkness and that was one of the best boss fights ever it's it's such such a good fight um, it's just yeah. so impactful. I wouldn't look that one up after you show me it. Mm-hmm. it. That boss looks fucking incredible. I yeah. wish that the game had more of that early on because I grew tired of the game. But that that boss fight is so incredible looking. It's like a Fenrir's like a giant horned wolf kind of thing, isn't he? I know he's like yeah, a, he's a, in, um, in this game he's like an undead wolf looking. Thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's so it's, good. if you haven't seen it, just Google Fenrir Hellblade boss. That's it is it is badass looking because yeah. um, most people probably might not get around to playing Hellblade which I understand because the game's not that great but um, you should check it out I'm, so, I'm trying, to, trying to get Josh razzed mm-hmm. up early here. yeah after <laughs> you shit on my Sonic I'll shit Sonic. on you <laughs> yeah uh, we, can, we can throw shit at each other all day Josh mm-hmm. speaking of which it reminds me of this um, uh, that's anecdotal we'll talk about that in a second um, Shay um I know we can continue our argument here for the boss fight. Go ahead, my friend. What's your choice for best boss of 2017? Yeah, so this one was kind of hard because I really wanted to give some love to Neo because that game also has some incredible bosses in that game, Um, incredibly frustrating Mm -hmm. bosses, but um, none of them overly stuck out for me. Like like I said a few weeks ago, Jimmy from Cuphead. And the reason why I picked Jimmy mm-hmm. over King Dice or any of the other bosses in that game is because Jimmy was the first boss in that game that really sucked me in. The rest, like... Is that the genie? The genie? Yes, yes. And the okay. the game was good at at the start. It just wasn't, like, it didn't captivate me until I started fighting that boss. Once I started fighting that boss, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I see why this game is getting all the accolades that it is. And that boss was just so creative um, in the way he was handled. And from Mm. then on, I was addicted to the game. So even though maybe King Dice is the more fleshed out, technically better boss, um, that that, that boss, Jimmy, is the one that got me into the game. So the credit has to go to to that one. But... Yeah, it's it's just a very simple reason. I visual, like I said before in an earlier podcast, visually, it was a very creative boss, and um, it's the one that got me into the game. So, yeah, 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 and and that's what's important about this part of the show. It's more about our personal choices. Like, I'm not going to go to bat for Prince Sidon, the Shark Prince, later, even though it was important to me. And that's that's a good point. That boss was important yeah. as a turning point for you, even though I think it's insane that that's how long it took for you to really get into <clears throat> Cuphead. That's still part of your story, and, and it's very interesting. 
Um, cool. Okay. So the genie boss. Yeah, it's a four stage battle. It's a plane battle. Um, it's it's real tough. I'll tell you, an expert that fucking genie boss is one of the last ones I had to beat because it's fucking. It's real tough on expert. Um, I can imagine so. so. Uh, especially it's third phase. Oh my God. Good choice though. Good choice. Thank you. All right. Uh, so best boss, we got Jimmy, the genie from Cuphead King dice for me and fish from Cuphead and Josh, um, went with a Fenrir from Hellblade. Mm-hmm. Um, all impactful to us in different ways. And we will argue about that later. All right. So this is another fun category that Shay actually came up with. So I'll throw it to him first. This one is, Character you from 2017 that you most like to have a drink with at a bar, and Shay, if you want to give us the inspiration for the category and your selection, uh, go ahead. Yeah, um, literally, I was trying to throw ideas around with Morgan. Um, I had mine originally picked to a different category, and the more I thought about that one, it kind of it can double as basically as a joke category or something like a little bit more introspective and serious. So. I decided that that was kind of the one I wanted mm-hmm. to go with because it lends itself to multiple um, ways to think about it. But for me, my my choice was actually Irene Engel, the main antagonist from Wolfenstein 2. And the reason why is... <laughs> wow. So wow. this is going to double as both a serious and a joke. First off, I would love to pick apart the brain of a Nazi during that time, like an actual full-fledged Nazi. Like huh. what was what was the mentality yeah. behind everything and why? Like why were why were people so brainwashed to believe that Hitler's ideology was the way to go forward? And especially in this game where basically the Nazis have won. And also, um it doubles as a joke here because obviously that's complete fucking insanity to want to talk with a Nazi in a bar over drinks because she's most likely gonna order her troops to just murder me if I don't agree. But the nice thing is like, she can call me a cunt and I can call her a cunt and everyone's a cunt and it's okay because she's that vulgar. She like, she makes you kiss your friends dead head in the game. So clearly Mm -hmm. there are no boundaries with this woman. I've, I've kissed fish's dead head many times, you know, um, that's actually Mm. a good, a good, a good choice for (laughs) No, Morgan, no. No. <laughs> that one, no. Just let that one sink in later. I think you'll appreciate it over time. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a shower, not a grower. Or it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is dead, after all. Dead head. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one, Shay. You know, the interesting thing is you can also double as a sabotage mission. You're, you're going in for a drink and then <laughs> take her out. So. That's right. That's a triple. That's a triple threat. That's what we call in the triple. industry. Threat, um, or you know, you've learned that you she has a beautiful personality, and you fall madly in love with her, and that's the plot twist. I'm shallow. That scar on her face just doesn't do it for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not the Nazi Nazi stuff. It's just the scar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just that. Nothing else. Um. The scars go deep. All right. Uh, I, I can piggyback off that one, Shay. I had a lot of fun with this category, too. So mine was Mia from Resident Evil 7. Now, the reason with Mia, and Josh is shaking his head because he probably thinks it's superficial. Oh, Morgan picked a pretty girl because he wants to sit at a bar and have a drink with a pretty girl. 
you know, I would. So the thing with Mia is, yes, on one hand, you might glance and see him drinking at a bar with a beautiful woman. Sure. On the other hand, the interesting thing about her character, if you haven't played Resident Evil 7, spoilers, is that she actually was living a double life. So her boyfriend, Ethan, had no idea, or husband, I can't remember if they were boyfriend or husband. Um, he, she was doubling, she worked for this company called The Connections, and they were basically building biological weapons uh, in the form of human beings that they were shipping off to other countries and, uh, to use as ma- weapons of basically mass destruction. So sh- she lied to him and said... So I'm, she was responsible for be, the Kardashians. That was, yes. That's where it all started. Okay. The Kardashians started with the connections. Right. Okay. That's actually the sequel, Resident Evil 8. They're going to flesh that out more. All right. We'll find out the, the origins of that. Um, but basically, she lived a double life. He thought she was babysitting, and then she mis- turned up missing until he gets that um, email from her a couple years later, and it's his wife, and she's like, come find me help. Which, can you imagine the shock? Your wife goes missing. You think she's dead, but you don't know for sure. And then a couple years later, you get an email of her pleading for you to come help find her. So that, But the idea that she was living this double life where she worked at a company that was turning a little girl into a biological weapon. That was Evelyn from the game. And she was basically like Evelyn. Evelyn's um, caretaker. So she stayed with her. She couldn't tell anybody about her. She told Ethan she was babysitting, which wasn't technically false. So I would love to sit with her at the bar and say, man, you took care of this girl who's a biological weapon. You're living this double life. You're lying to your husband. Like, you sound like such an interesting person. It's almost like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of a situation. Like, this is really, like, her life just sounds fascinating to me. And... She's also a very, very beautiful woman. So I, there's a lot of layers. <laughs> there it is. A lot of layers there. I'd love to have a – I sit down and have a drink with uh, Mia from Resident Evil 7. Um, uh, now that Ethan's out of the picture. So, um, What about you, um, Fish? Who, who would you like to have a drink with at a bar? Uh, this, was, this was pretty easy. Whenever I think about going out to drink with – someone in particular like i i want them to bring the drugs and i mean oh, okay okay <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys so that's that's what i think mm-hmm. uh, i'm not just there bring for your the own drinking. drugs be odd yeah yep. yeah and you know, what better drug than something that's alien and i thought of morgan Yu from prey oh so nice. he definitely okay. has a connection there oh you want to drink with morgan yeah. that's so sweet <laughs> Not Morgan, no, not you. you. Morgan, you. He also, he, he, uh, not, Morgan, no, not you. you. Yeah. You, Morgan, okay. you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He wants Mor- to drink Morgan, with a fellow Asian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he wants to drink with an Asian named Morgan. So it's like, I got I got it. I see how it is. Ah, I didn't see it that way, but yeah. There's another layer to it. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just, I would just like to go into the bathroom with him after having oh, a few boy, drinks and be like, on. <laughs> no, that, that's not where it's going. Oh my gosh! I get you want to snort some alien guys. drugs into your, your nasal cavity. Injected into you my eyes. Do, you want to do a line off his boner? I get it. Oh, I'm done. I get it. Okay, so you and Morgan, you yeah. go in the bathroom. Just do a whole line right off the urinal partition, just right along the edge there. No, no, it's a line <laughs> off his boner. It's called the Asian connection. <laughs> I love the lull in between that one. Everyone just get a nice mental image of uh, Fish doing a line of coke off of uh, Morgan Yu's boner. Okay, that's <laughs> 
right. Continue. Oh, shit. Now I can laugh at my own joke because someone else said it. And it's funny. <laughs> well, uh, uh, that's it. Yeah. That's, uh, all, that's it? Okay. See, what the I'm drugs? What, what drugs are you talking about? He's going to go do the line <laughs> off of his wife's boner. Officially, where is he going? So, wait, what drugs are you talking about? Morgan used drugs. What do you mean? And does he carry around drugs and pray? I'm confused. Uh, no, he injects the alien DNA into his eye. Oh, that's how he gets his little powers Which, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to exactly. take that? So you want to hang out with a guy that's going to shove a needle into your eyeball? Hey, if it gives me badass powers, yes. You do uh, meth, don't you? But it, also known as if it gets him high, <laughs> he doesn't care. Fish is all in there like, hey, can these uh, drugs be taken as a suppository? Because I got a thing with my eyes. <laughs> Fish will let you shoot it between uh, his toes if it gets him high. That's, that's the only point here. <laughs> shoot it between his eyes or his thighs. That's what he always says. Um... <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Backfired on you, fish. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna puke. Okay. <sighs> All right. All right. Okay, Josh. How about you, my friend? Um. Sorry, I'm just. Mental images here. Collecting. Gotta composing compose yourself. yourself. Yeah, I gotta compose myself there. Um. <clears throat> Whew. I need that on a t-shirt. Oh, All right. okay. All right. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, my answer is horrible because... Yeah. Uh-oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, if I'm going to be drinking with somebody, it's going to be Cappy, and he is going to be a beer hat. Oh, okay. hey, right. I like he is, that. He's, Cappy he is going hat. to be. Is like, no, no question about it. That's, that's, yeah. So mm-hmm. Cappy is a person. No, I guess it's gaming character. It doesn't have to be a person. Mm-hmm. There's no rules about that. Yeah. Well, there's not. I mean, if I'm drinking with them, they may as well make themselves useful. And, well, uh, how, how does that work, though? Because Cappy's just a cap, so mm-hmm. he would essentially take control of a beer hat, so he'd be a hat on top of a hat? Mm-hmm. With a mustache. Well, no, he, yeah. yeah. So he becomes okay. a beer hat? Okay. Mm-hmm. A beer hat's just like a hat that has beer holders on the side, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. No, it's it's a like, yeah, beer holder and it has straws. Yep. Or or are you putting the beer holder on Cappy so as you possess people, you're still able to get drunk? I need the details of this. You realize he can turn into any, any hat. That's kind of his deal, right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. he just turns into... Turns into a beer hat. The beer hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And the two um, of us just sit there. And then you there. just get drunk. Yep. So you're not one for conversation, it sounds like. You just want to get drunk. No, no, about results. Results-oriented sort of a... Means to an end, baby. Yeah, sort of a situation there. 
and when and then Josh gets really drunk off Cappy, stumbles in the bathroom, and that's when he finds Fish and Morgan Yu, and he's like, "That shit just you know." That's but, I mean, it's not power. it's not that shocking to me. I mean, I've been sitting there sucking on Cappy all night, so. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're sucking on Cappy. You walk in the bathroom. He's snorting coke off Morgan. And we just make um, eye contact. Yeah, and just kind of understand. No judgment. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have yeah. a, a no real judgment. question about this. So when you're sucking <laughs> Cappy's straws, does like Cappy make noise? Does he like oh, or is it just like a? Like, I think all, th- these are all, the questions all, all, all you fans hear want to know. Is the slurping and the carbonation? Okay. Well, wait a second. How come he didn't just use Cuphead? Cuphead is a fucking. He's a man with that you could literally grab his head and just drink at him. I could, but he could still talk at that point. You no, know, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. You can't have that. Yeah. You can't have the talking. Mm-hmm. And he'd probably be like snide remarks and one liners from the 1930s. And yeah, it just, it just sounds. Knock more it stressful. off, you blockhead. Mm-hmm. I love the mm-hmm. idea of that story. Yeah, of, I'd just like, be sitting there, and it. about every 35 seconds, he'd say, buy me a drink, will ya? And <laughs> I, just, no, just no. It's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing, not doing That's that. That's true. Yeah. Cuphead does seem a little bit needy. He's, mm-hmm. had a, he's got a, a rough go. You know, I love the idea of like a painting that shows us all in the bar and having these different experiences. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay drinking and trying to murder. Um, sorry, I forgot her name. Irene Ingle. Um, Irene Ingle. Uh, you can see in the side of the painting, fish in the bathroom with Morgan. You, Josh, getting smashed. It's, it's blurred out. It's, it's blurred out. It has like the 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 pixelated because clearly there's a wiener yeah. in there, and they're both Asian. So it's got to be blurred out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can't show that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. It's illegal. Um, and then, yeah, and then me, um, when the most normal date of them all, you know, doing what I can. So I really come out looking good at the end of this scenario. Good choices, guys. That was a lot of fun. Um, I'd like to talk about that more, but we need to move on. Uh, okay. So, um, also one thing I forgot to mention, and this is really quick. I just want to say this. When we talked about last best boss, I wanted to say that King Dice narrowly beat out the bug vagina lady from Resident Evil 7. I just wanted an excuse to talk about the margarita with her bug vagina. And you have to shoot her in the bug vagina with your shotgun. Um, Okay, so next up is favorite moment. Now, this is a big one. Favorite moment. Okay. I mean, I don't think I've thrown it to Josh first, so I'll throw it to Josh first on this one. Ooh. A lot of gaming moments that affected us in a lot of different ways. But Josh, what was your most impactful or favorite gaming moment of 2017? Mm. This was another good one. There's some competition here, but I still think it's a fairly clear standout for me anyway. Um, um, and Lewis's story from Edith Finch is just something I think about constantly after playing that game. Um, is Lewis the cannery? Yeah, Lewis is the the son yes. who works in the cannery. Um, yeah. Yes. And that, the cannery that story was masterfully handled. Yes. The cannery is my choice as well. Yeah, that's mm. one. It's so good. I, I've there were, there were other options, but this one I felt was so far beyond them as far as just a, a scene in a game. That affected yeah, me so yeah. much, and yeah, this was this was it, um, just wonderfully I handled. Remember, 
I saw that with my girlfriend. We were playing it. I remember actually looking at her on the couch and being like, this is fucking incredible. And I had some of my issues with that game, but I was like, this is absolutely incredible. You're basically playing this guy who's in this dark phase of his life where he's having trouble focusing, he's in the monotony and sort of his depression, which anyone can relate to if they have a shitty job. And his job is basically chopping up fish at a cannery. And as you start to chop up the fish with, with your controller, um, you get the opportunity to basically control his daydream. So he starts to be daydreaming about um, this guy going on this quest, and it's like a king and a queen and all this stuff. I don't want to go into all the specific details because um, it's been a little while. But basically you're controlling his daydream while you're controlling the monotony of him chopping fish in his day in his regular job and the daydream starts to creep over so you're controlling them both at once until there's nothing but his daydream and it's a metaphor for how he just is spending all of his time inside of his head which is something i personally relate to a lot because mm-hmm. the monotony of, of of the workforce gives me a lot of anxiety and i spend so much time inside my heads and that actually impacted me very powerfully yeah that's reasonable i think yeah i absolutely think anyone can relate to that like you're doing this monotonous job like when I used to work at Coca-Cola and I can't tell you the countless times I would be thinking of other things that I want to be doing and yeah I, I think any person can relate to that it's a very good point yeah and, and the fact that they used they did it with gameplay that you controlled two things at once two things at once made it feel like it was much more than just watching something unfold you were um, interacting mm-hmm. with it exactly yeah the, the whole time you're you're cutting off the heads of the fish you're just like what's going to happen here and then slowly it starts to like slowly seep in you start thinking what exactly they're going for and like like at first i was thinking like maybe he's going to have an accident with his hand and chop his hand off or something chop his hand off yeah and then it just takes it to a whole darker level to to the point where you're just like oh my god and like like you, you you read notes uh like in the room about like his therapist and um, oh, it was narrated by stuff. his therapist, too. It was the letters from his therapist. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah which yeah. was yeah. also unique because everyone else wrote their own letters. It was their their diary that you were reading. And this character, because he lived in his own head so much, he wasn't writing about himself. It was someone else writing about him. It was... Yeah. I mean, uh, yes. W- w- with one exception, because there was a baby that you, um, you hear oh, their yeah, story yeah. and they don't narrate their own story. But, but for the most part, you're hearing about these other people from inside their own heads and this time Mm -hmm. you're you're living it you're getting that experience but it's being explained to you and you know vocally um from somebody else's perspective trying to understand him um Mm -hmm. which i felt really really helped the scene um yeah yeah I concur 100%. Um, just incredible stuff. It shows the power of what video games are capable of. What about you, Shay? What one best gaming moment of the year for you? This one was difficult until last week, like I told you guys. Um, Wolfenstein 2 provided this, and that's when you get to ride the Panzer Cat in, um, I think it's about two-thirds of the way through the game, where you take control of that metallic... Um, cat and you just go mm. around mowing people down with this flamethrower i fucking loved that just how epic it was because you're just rolling through on this cat just flaming countless n- nazis and they're like oh my god mm-hmm. and you're just killing and killing and killing all these nazis and i loved it i don't know why it just was like this very epic moment that <laughs> um yeah it just culminated into something really really good i loved it so that yeah, was my favorite yeah, moment 
you fight a lot of those throughout the game, but yeah, it was weird when they're like, okay, you get to ride one of these giant uh, metal <laughs> demon cats and just yeah. destroy a bunch of you. Yeah, and the, the thing I really like, too, about it is um, BJ Blaskowitz even like says something hilarious. He's like, thanks, buddy. You know, he keeps saying, thanks, buddy, or like, um, thanks for all your help, because then he gets to the point where he can't ride the cat anymore. And it's like you almost develop this kind of kinship with this metallic object that clearly has no feeling. And that's kind of the beauty of the game right there is that it kind of, um, what's the word? Anthropomorphizes, anthropomorphizes, anthropomorphizes this metallic cat. It's just, it's a beautiful way they integrated, um, this mechanic into the game. So. Yeah, I really like that sequence. That's a curveball. You pick a moment from Wolfenstein 2 when it's not any of the batshit crazy movies in that game. Um, <laughs> or or uh, video sequences. That's that's a curveball. That's a curveball. Okay, okay. okay. I was curious what it was. I knew it was from Wolfenstein, but I didn't know what it was. Um, now you do. All right. Uh, what you got, Fish? Lurking quietly over there. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got out of the bathroom with Morgan. <laughs> still, still a little stunned. There's a, there's a little something right there, fish. Yeah. Right, oh, you know, yeah, just, oh, thank, you. thank you. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, uh, you good. Okay, there you cool. go. Oh, you oh. stuck in your mustache. Uh-huh. It's got a, it's a bit sticky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite moment. Um, I was blown <laughs> away by this moment, actually. <laughs> Um, in Zelda, wow. yeah, in Zelda, when you first come across um, a divine beast, um, just because the whole entire time going through that game, you're just going through kind of this open world, and you're constantly thinking, like, is, that, is this it? Is this all this game has to offer? As far as like, it's not. It, it almost didn't feel like a proper Zelda game without having a, a good dungeon, you know, and it in that game you could go anywhere you're not necessarily told where exactly to go so um i was just roaming around free and mm-hmm. until eventually like i came across like this it, it's almost like a side quest almost but it turns out it, it is one of the main things that you're supposed to do in the game which is free the divine beast but um yeah. i was i was just blown away with the the steps the side quests that you have to do that builds up until you actually take on the the uh, divine beast and that that was a my first one was a desert divine beast and um it, it's it's you have to surf on modeled. the walrus you have to get on the sand walruses and chase it down like yeah. shadow of the colossus style yeah it's very shadow of the colossus type of feel to it um and i also did the um the elephant divine beast as well um and i got the same feeling from that as well but yeah just like yeah, you're you have like this NPC that's with you that you have to stay close with uh during the uh the desert one and yeah, you you are surfing on top of your shield with that warus and you're shooting out the legs on this divine beast just so you get a chance to actually um get on top of it and then that's when it opens up to be the temple which is fucking amazing um the beast itself it, is actually the temple yeah 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 that blew me away i was just like holy shit and the entire time just going through i was like you're solving like these zelda ass type puzzles but 
they it's it's something new it's like you're in this like creature essentially you know um and but they they have these rooms that work as puzzles and um yeah i just had i i, I can't give any there i have to give so much credit to the developers for creating uh their temples like that um even though there's technically only four divine beasts in the game. Yeah, but you know. I, I, I will never understand why people criticized him. Like, I was listening to the Bombcast today, and there was, like, two people on there. On They were talking about how the, the temples were bad. They were, like, they're just straight up bad, terrible, like, actually bad. And, and I've heard a lot of criticism about the temple, and I just don't get it. Like, those temples are, yeah, they're a little bit... Um, they're going for a very specific kind of thing compared to different Zelda games, but how you get to them, how grand they are, how unique they are, and clever, like, there's times where you're floating across, like, the giant elephant or, or, like, turning around the insides of the giant what, camel or whatever, and it's just like, how could anyone think this is not great? It's fucking incredible. I just, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And definitely in that camel sequence where, yeah, you're, you're twisting around the chambers inside of it and you're seeing all these different things happening right before you, it, it, it really gives that sense of grandeur. As we see you do as the like bird. The bird bees. is fucking mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah. 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 I hear, I hear good things about that one as well. Um, Okay. But yeah, yeah. So your first divine beast, basically, um, in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're telling me? Oh yeah. Okay. Hands down I for do, me. I do remember you sending a bunch of messages, creaming yourself about that. Um. Okay. Good choice. Well, then when, you're going to get really upset when you listen to those podcasts later this week because <laughs> you hear a lot of people talking shit on those excellent dungeons. So, um, good mm. choices. The cannery for me and Josh for Edith Finch. Um, Shay Layton, when you ride the metal panzer beast cat thing in Wolfenstein 2, and Fish was his first divine beast encounter and dungeon. Good choices. I think they'll sum us up pretty well. I'll see if we're under- okay, so this is a tricky one. This one more uh, serious one, and then we got a fun category. Sadly, only six left. I'm already getting sad. Favorite <clears throat> narrative, okay? Now, this I'm fascinated to see um i'm gonna throw it to you first shay when it comes to narrative in the world of gaming in 2017 what was your choice yeah bitch so my first and only choice for this category i'm sorry (laughs) very aggressive today (laughs) i'm sorry i just wanted to yeah bitch um yeah seriously this one was easily by far what remains of edith finch um, you're basically playing a walking simulator, but the way you go into this house and discover about this family brings this family to life. Um, you never meet any of the characters um, as you play Edith Finch whatsoever. You never meet a single one. And somehow, with the maybe five to ten minutes you have with each character, you develop this this appreciation for them. Like... They're all so endearing, and it's just the way it's told. Like we talked about before, each character's story is told in a very different way. The first one you learn about, she's ta- it's this 10-year-old girl talking about a dream she had, and she's at first a cat chasing a bird. Then she becomes an owl trying to hunt a rabbit. Then she becomes a shark that falls down a hill into the water that becomes a monster 
that is killing um, this boat crew that ends up becoming a monster that kills her. And that's just, that's the first person you meet. And she's narrating all this. And you, each character is so different in how they're told. There's a character that you learn of their death like it's a 1980s horror comic book. And it's so cool. Like, all these characters. It's it's such a unique way to tell a story. It's such a short story. And it almost makes you wish it was longer. So you have more time to spend with each one of these characters. But that's kind of the bittersweet nature of it. Even though you have such a short amount of time and it's a short game, each character is powerful and vibrant because of the short time that you have with them. So that's easily the best narrative of this year. Yeah, I actually have that as my favorite as well. And yes, yeah, just to, just to, just to go off of that, like I love the fact that they they add like this sense of like almost supernatural and mystery to it, but it also feels very grounded in reality. So, like it, it, you get this weird sense of like, is this just like a tall tale? Is this shit really happening? Is it or is it are these characters hallucinating at times? Um. But yeah, yeah, that that narrative is what kept me locked into that game for the the full duration of it. Um, yeah, even though it was only two hours long, I mean, the entire time I was enthralled by just watching it all play out, and and they're all little sh- they they work as like little short stories as you progress through the game, and I, I like that as well because each one has their own themes and um, they're based off of each member of that family the finch family and uh you kind of learn how what you learn a little bit about them and you also see where they fit in the um the family tree as well um yeah that that game was just sticks out to me as like this great storytelling even though you know their the gameplay mechanics are um sort of limited um then again like they are very interesting as well and um work with what they're what's going on with the story they're trying to tell yeah 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 absolutely to go back mm-hmm. on that point of basically um like this supernatural element that carries throughout the whole game and it's like it almost makes these characters like feel like a myth to the point of mythological it's like you're learning about like these I don't know, like it's it's based in it's almost based in mythology itself, the way you learn about these characters. Because you go read mm-hmm. these old mythologies like Ovid like Ovid and uh um God damn, I just had a brain fart. Ulysses? Ulysses? Is that what it's called? Anyways, mm. it doesn't matter. You go read the old Odyssey? mythology and it's like each one of them are a short story. But yeah. you learn about these characters and you learn the like all the positives and negatives. You learn about like the story of Hercules and how he's like this womanizer and how he, he's the son of Zeus. And, but like it's a short story, but it's like this very personified mythological story. And that's kind of what this game reminds me of. It's almost a mythology. And that's, I think, what a lot of people haven't really touched on. And that's what's partly so great about it. Each, It's like... Almost the the creators almost, you know, accidentally or purposefully made this 
mythology based out of this two-hour game. That's what's so beautiful about it. I love when it. When other people in their world talk about it, too, they're like, that that Finch family, they're cursed. There's other people in their world that, like, know of their family because they have, like, this legendary right. um, curse. It's it's almost, yeah, it's almost like a—almost whimsical in a, in a sad way. Um, what What about you, Josh? What's your favorite narrative? This one is tough. This one is—there were a lot of good stories this year. Um so many good ones um it's it's so hard deciding where i want to use my tie because i could definitely use it here i loved absolutely loved what remains of edith finch uh Mm -hmm. the the whole story of that is amazing um there were several other good ones hellblade the, the story in there is great um uh Oh, it's rough. I don't know if I want to use my ties on this one. Or I, I feel like I, this I category I, is a Josh category to use your tie. I feel like this is this is the category yeah. Josh Fowler uses for his tie. He's trying to push you. He's trying I, to push you to use the tie. He is. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to because I've been debating between this one and sound design on which one I use my want to use my tie for um, mm-hmm. for a long time. Because, but but I I think I'm going to have to use it here. Um, okay. And what remains of Edith Finch is obviously one of them. It is amazing, just amazing, amazing. One of my favorite stories in years. I think this is if if there okay. is one game you have to play this year, it is this game. Um, yes, there are several absolutely. games you have to play, but that's crazy. But if there's one, it's this one. Um, that's right. It's not necessarily game of the year, but it's the game you must play this year. Don't tell is- Josh that. Maybe it is mm-hmm. his game of the year. You keep your words <laughs> out of his mouth. Uh, Sorry, Josh. Yeah. I mean, I could I could do five five games for best narrative because there are so many good ones this year. Um, but Same. what remains is definitely one of them. Um, I think my next favorite though is uh is Night in the uh, Damn it, it's so hard. It's so hard. There's so many good ones. Um I thought mm. you had this decided, Josh. Why are you acting like this is a, a sudden struggle? Because it is. No, because I've he, been debating he, this for he, he for originally a while. thought that he thought that originally we were having five per category. That's why. Mm-hmm. That that's how so music was five. for me, Josh. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how it was for me, Josh. I get it. Like with music, I literally made my decision today. I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta just make it a tie. Yeah. Uh yeah, music was that way with me too. But but I yeah, the narrative I feel like is is closer. Uh at least for me. I mean I oh it's tough. Um Commit to it, Josh. Commit. commit. Yeah. All right, just because I don't feel like it's getting love anywhere else, and I'm going to give it love here, uh, Goragoa, which just came out, which is a like a really relaxed puzzle game hmm. where you're playing basically sliding tiles around, is telling the story of this this man growing up, and you don't realize it's telling you a story until you get to the end. And you start to see what how all these pieces are coming together, because um, it's very light on the puzzle aspects until you get to. It's odd, like you get to the middle of the guy's life, and all of a sudden everything becomes hard. He's he's making stuff into problems uh, for himself. The puzzles become harder. Uh, you, the way you have to look at things changes drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you get to the end and some of that's still there but it's it all feels like you've seen it before even if you haven't it feels like you do and yeah it ends up tying together really quickly because you you've seen stuff before it's it's it it gives you the story of this guy's life very very impactfully because of the way it uses the mechanics um and it, yeah i'm it's good it's really good and i don't feel like it's gonna Gordo, get enough love okay. unless unless i give yeah. it some did it was it just released this month yes it just came out this month Okay, that, that's going to hurt it in a lot of places because a it lot really of those is, December yeah. games always get shafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, uh, I'm going to lose this later because there's three for Edith Finch, so mm-hmm. I really have no way of combating that. Um, but my favorite narrative of the year is not what remains of Edith Finch. It is Resident Evil 7. Um, that makes sense. I can see there that. There's a story in that game. Well, here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, the dad Josh. the dad was pissed off and like they were having some fucking backwoods party at the dinner table. Don't like, you mind the dinner a, table? Hey motherfucker. Moment of the let's year. eat some fucking shit. <laughs> see some chitlins and some earlobes and uh let's uh mm-hmm. I'll get together and fuck I, the cow. Most yeah. terrifying. I do remember the animatronic d- cow fucking. <laughs> I do too. That's the best part. Yeah. You know the mm-hmm. um, the joke I answer came for inside that. Cow's ass. Can you repeat that again, Fish, one more time? <laughs> I heard you. I just wanted you to repeat it again. I plead the fifth. <laughs> it's okay. We got it safe. Fish pleads the fifth. No, the um. I don't want. I don't want biohazard coming after me. You know. With the no, lawsuit. No, bio ha- no biohazard coming after we, his anus. We should have jokingly did the uh, the dinner scene as moment of the year, that awkward, cringy dinner <laughs> scene in Resident Evil 7. It is memorable. Um, you know what we should have done? It is extremely <laughs> memorable. But... We should get together next year and recreate that scene <laughs> as a podcast. That would be great. Yeah, we should do that. That'd as a commercial. That would be fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyways, before we get too diverted, it's not the story, Josh, necessarily, because the the story itself starts really interesting, as I mentioned earlier with Mia and Ethan and the framing of it, but then starts to devolve into a more traditional <clears throat> horror story. Uh, and also, like we said, there's some really awkward moments, like with the dinner table scene and stuff like that. If, for me, it's the, the environmental storytelling, much like something like Edith Finch, right? Especially if you play this game in VR, like, just look at the opening scene of the game. You walk up to this house, you're looking for your girlfriend, you see this crashed van, you pick up this magazine that says Sewer Gators, and like, oh, these weird people go looking for ghosts in old abandoned houses. And you're like, like, you're picking up a lot of, de- and then you play back those people living out their experience through like a, a, these tapes. You find these tapes throughout the game that you can play at your leisure in most cases, and they give you more uh, looks into the storyline. One of them actually is like a really, really in-depth. It's the one for Lucas, and you when you play that one, it's got like this whole puzzle-solving situation you have to figure out. But mostly it's not the story itself. I thought that was fine. Starts off really interesting, then kind of goes downhill. It's the environmental storytelling. Looking around that world, what do you see? What you're putting together 
picture in your mind, especially in VR, but just in particular, that world was so disturbing and fascinating to me that I, I looked at every little thing in that world and I was building all these pieces in my mind. Now, when the game gave me their resolution, it wasn't as interesting as what I was concocting in my head. But that doesn't, you know, erase... 75% of, of the magic I felt with that game, uh, especially in VR. So my favorite narrative for the environmental storytelling would be Resident Evil 7. It was right up my alley. Um, okay, so this is a fun category. Thank you, Shay. Uh, so game that describes... And for the record, when we did our Resident Evil 7 podcast, Shay went on about the story in Resident Evil 7 for it's like great. 45 minutes. It's great. I love the story in that game. I don't care... What the fuck Josh says. I love the story in that game. But Edith Finch is much better. I would even say Pyre is better looking back now retrospectively. But Resident no. Evil 7 would be a yeah. close fourth. Conversation for a, a, a later time. A um, couple of minutes yep. from now. So uh, favorite game that describes your sex life. So this is going to be a fun category. I can start it off so you guys aren't too awkward. Um, this will either be amazing or awful. So let's see what happens. My choice inspired by me. I heard of that game. And... Amazing or awful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that really is my sex life. It's either amazing <laughs> or awful. <laughs> This was inspired by, like, the married man, but me and Fish and the lives we lead. Um, the lives of both monogamy and happiness, but also anyone who's been married or in a long, long, long-term relationship. The ups and the downs. The peaks and the, the flat valleys. Um, and that would be Destiny 2. Now, I think Destiny 2 um, is my sex life for a couple reasons. Number one, it's that old familiar thing you can go back to. You know what I mean? It's like, you know it. It's it's that familiar Destiny feeling. You slip right into those guns and, and those strikes in that world, and it's just like a glove, you know? Um, now, I'm not comparing my wife's vagina to a glove. I'm I, just saying— I, I was going to say that you like to slip your penis into many gloves. I do know yeah, that. <laughs> that sounds grosser than I mean. It's a metaphor for the comfortable nature— of being in a long-term relationship. Um, now there, yeah, he's but, not saying his wife is a glove. Just feels like one. <laughs> so terrible. That's so terrible. <laughs> so terrible on every level. Fuck. Um, it's not. Uh, and, and you know there are exciting moments, like when you find an exotic loot. Sometimes you have an, some amazing sex, and then sometimes you log on and you do some strikes, and you you feel kind of empty when you're done. You know what I mean? For the it's, love uh, of God, please tell me you say that to your girlfriend. Like, hey, you want to go do a strike in the bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go rent some heroic strikes. It'll be a long strike, but it's going to be an eventful strike. Let's go run some heroic strikes. And then, yeah, so so that's the big thing with me, that, that old familiar thing, but there's definitely highs to it, uh, moments of excitement, but also uh, not necessarily moments of disappointment, but just, you know, I guess the complacency, uh, f- familiarity. Hmm. And, uh, hmm. and and it's it's the gameplay in Destiny 2 is still the best in my book. And my lady and my girlfriend, is still she's still the best. Still the best person in the whole world. Um, so that's my answer. Destiny 2 is a game that describes my sex life. Hmm. All right, Fish. Okay. Let's make it awkward. What do you got, big boy? Mm. Matt, this, this just came to me. Right now. 
right off the top of my head, and it was What Remains of Vita Finch. What because the, fuck? the way I see it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of mystery there. Sometimes you don't know if you're dreaming or not. Oh, in your case, that's Aww. really accurate. She doesn't really uh, other know. Other times, you know, oh, you man. might be uh, under false illusions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can really just look at that. I think that game was more about my sex life than that actual game. Oh, like the um, scene where yeah. you control the big snake as it winds around? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. Just penetrating a small little boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edith Finch, huh? Mm-hmm. What about the cannery scene? Can you relate how you chop a bunch of fish while you know, you're daydreaming that somehow? Might be, to... That might be at the end of my story as well. Okay, okay. Eat a finch. That's a, that's a strong contender fish. It said it came right to the tip of his tongue. Um, what about you, Josh? Um, this is the one I'm Yeah, I know you are. About. I know you are, which is why the game that <laughs> best too. describes my sex life this year is Stories Untold. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is that a game like that really it. released this year? Did that really release mm-hmm. this year? Let me see this. What are stories untold about, Josh? It's a adventure game. It's like it's, it's like a uh, like a horror genre type thing. It's almost got like a uh-huh. uh, um, sort of like an anthology type feel to it, like a uh, um, like Treehouse of Horrors type type deal like the simpsons do or something where it's like a, it's a trilogy okay. of horror stories that all kind of fit together in some way yeah it came out in february mm-hmm. okay i see it so is that your way of saying you're not going to say mm-hmm. anything no what or what that could your sex that life is a series mean? of tr- uh, ho- what could it mean more well, you said it's, 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 a tr- it's like guess. a series of horror yeah so I like that, like Josh said, that game is like a series of horror stories. So is that what your sex life is like, Josh? A series of horrible little moments? He might have like said it with a twang, so it sounded like horror, but he meant horror <laughs> stories. We don't know. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. That's all we're getting from Josh. What about um, the king of swiping right? What do you got, Shay? <laughs> So, my sex life is like Destiny 2. I also picked that. But the reason why I picked that... Yeah, I did. But the reason why is because that game is so hyped up. Like, everyone was like, oh my god, I'm so excited for Destiny 2. And it was just a major disappointment. (laughs) Aww. Aww. Referring to yourself, of course, in a self-deprecating form. It's Um, true. And then, like, there's DLC that's added to the game, which gives everyone some hope, but it's even more disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. That's my sex life. Hey, we both had Destiny Hmm. 2 for best sex life. Woohoo! That's right. Eskimo Brothers for life, I guess. Yeah, we're we're Guardian Eskimo Brothers. (laughs) Sorry, Fish. He's my real Guardian Eskimo brother. That's right. You guys get the pizza bros. We're the guardian mm-hmm. bros. Yeah, they ha- Yeah, the two of them have over 150 words for disappointment. Mm-hmm. It's true. And uh, proud of it. Proud of it. Well, um, 
Cool. I'm glad to see Destiny 2 looks like it has a chance to take it home. One of the most prestigious awards in all of mm-hmm. gaming. The Dagger Tooth. Uh, okay, favorite gameplay mechanic. This one's pretty fun because it, we can have fun with the, the category, but, you know, a lot of games are introducing new or fun gameplay mechanics. I mean, these are the games we're actually physically playing. You know, what is fun to us or interesting or whatever it happens to be? What affects us the most? What stands out in our minds? I'm going to start this one off, okay? <clears throat> My favorite gameplay mechanic for 2017 is from a game called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and it is... The hang glider, because me and Fish. Oh are- my god! Great choice. Yes. Oh yeah, that's yep. mine too. That's yours too. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We were talking about that the other day. Like it's just so. Every once you get the hang glider in that game, like not only do you use it constantly, but just the feeling of floating and flying in that world is just pure joy. Mm-hmm. It's pure yeah. joy. The lack of a hang glider. Imagine if they put that in a VR. Yeah, the the lack of a hang glider is why I eventually gave up on Horizon Zero Dawn because I was going back and forth between those games. <laughs> no hang and glider. I'd be at the top of a hill and see exactly where I wanted to go, and I couldn't fucking glide there. Um, that would have yeah. been awesome. Her in Horizon, yeah, glide your way onto a yeah. giant yeah. like and metal. Then just glide uh, down where you want to go. Alligator. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That'd be cool. It's such a good feeling. That's awesome. Good choice. So snappy, so fun. Um, Fish, it sounds like you agree. Is there anything you want to say about the hang glider? Um, yeah, I just wish they gave it to you right at the start. And I wish they did it, like, the, the way you actually get the hang gliders from, like, that starting area. And you have to actually finish up the area till you actually get it. But the entire time, like, the, the NPC who's kind of, um... Taunting you shepherding. <laughs> Yeah, he's taunting you with it to the point where there's one scene where he shows up hang gliding into the scene and then he starts talking to you <laughs> like he's some sort of fucking hang gliding badass. And I'm just like, God damn it, I want that fucking paraglider yeah. so damn bad. And like they even give you the option of saying paraglider, please. <laughs> After he like asks you about like going to a shrine or something like, like that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, the entire as soon as I saw that you can fly around in that game, I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, I have to do that!" And if Zelda was really next level, they would have let you just beat the shit out of the king and take the hang glider. <laughs> that would have been some next level shit. <laughs> just be like, I don't need to do these four shrines yeah. here. I'm out. Just give me the option. You know what I mean? Like, uh, god, it's so fun, so fun, so easy to use. What about you, Shay? What's your uh, mm-hmm. favorite gameplay mechanic of the year? This one was fucking easy as hell. Uh, the gravity shifting and gravity rush too. Uh, there is so much you can do with that. Um, they're basically yeah, yeah. The, the you can either make yourself lighter, so you can like like when you jump you bounce high into the air, um, or you can make yourself heavier, which is beneficial for taking down enemies. And you like that those are the two mechanics part of the gravity mechanics you pick up later in the game but the very beginning you basically manipulate the gravity and float in air so you can like you can launch yourself into the air stay in one spot and just shoot yourself across the world and there's so much you can do with that you can hone in on targets um it was something that took me a little while to get used to because you can use the six was it called the six point axis of the controller to kind of control where cat goes 
or you can just control it basically by starting and stopping and using just the um, analog sticks. And it just, once you get it down, you can really do a lot with that mechanic. And it's very similar, I think, to the way you guys described the hang glider in Zelda, except I think that for me personally, you can do a little bit more with the gravity shifting because you actually can, you don't have to be on the top of a mountain. You can be at the lowest point of the level and then just shoot yourself up way high in the air and then shoot yourself across the level. Um, granted the, the hang glider doesn't have like a, mm-hmm. like a bar controlling how, how long you can do it. It's more dependent on height where the gravity shifting. Well, it has stamina. The hang glider goes off of, Oh, oh it does have stamina. Okay. Yeah, never mind yeah. then. It's the same exact then. It's their stamina for gravity shifting, but yeah, it's, it's such a unique mechanic. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Out of That's the year. mechanic of the game. The whole game's based around that. So yep, yep, easy. Good one, good one. What about you, Josh? I loved that one, but since there was also gravity shifting in the first one, I didn't put it on my list. Just kind of out of mm-hmm. yeah, wasn't as impactful for uh, you. Well, I mean, it was still great, and they did add new stuff to this one. But I felt like I didn't feel like it was as new as some of the others. And there were there were a lot of really cool takes on just switching up mechanics this year. Um, some really cool stuff. That the the, the gravity was fun. Um, I'm I'm gonna do a quick hitter of a bunch here because there, I feel like these need to be talked about oh, just sneaky. for whatever. Even if they're not winners at all, um, they're they're all interesting enough that I feel like people need to to know about them to know kind of what's what's happening in the industry. Um, uh, yeah. Hollow Knight did a really cool thing with healing, which has always been kind of a how how do we handle this in Metroidvania type games? Um, yeah, and in in Hollow Knight, whenever you hit enemies, they will release energy that you can stockpile, and once you have enough of it, you can heal yourself if you take a hit. Um, it's mm-hmm. not enough to just constantly heal yourself or anything, but it is enough no, no. to make enemies able to be threatening but not make you feel like you constantly need to run back to a checkpoint uh or to a save spot and i like that you can uh, like store mm-hmm. it too like if you're full on how much you've absorbed you can just use it whenever you exactly. want to use it instead of like metroid mm-hmm. where you kill something you have to pick it up at that yep. moment yeah um, and so. it, it <clears throat> because of that that game felt great and that was that was a really cool mechanic just not a big thing I, it didn't win my list just because like i said it's it's a minor thing, but it really helps the genre as a whole. Um, the whole, all the gameplay in Snipper Clips is great. That's a game that just you, you need to play. You need to kind of figure out what's going on. It's a simple mechanic. You know, two players. One of you can cut the other to make to change your shape. It's awesome. You, 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 Very yeah, you, you owe it yourself to at least play that at some point. Um, Tacoma, I mentioned this before during the summer. Um, it had that whole instead of audio log thing, it was like a ship's log, like a simulation. It stored every all the all the positional information of all the crew members. And so you could go back and forth through this simulation to see where everyone was as events happened. Um, which was really cool and made some great storytelling moments. Um but I felt like the story was weak. 
it just it, the story itself didn't pull me through, but just seeing how they told the story was awesome. Um, so that's that's another great one. Yeah, I I play like two hours of Tacoma, but I can argue with you about that another day because I respectfully disagree. But yeah. continue. Um, the jump, like the the, the multiplayer jump in uh, um, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, speeds okay. up that genre so much. Um, basically any of your other party members when you're controlling a character if you click on them you can jump to be able to move farther and not only do you move farther but that jump is an attack you land on an enemy's head you can do damage to them and bounce a little bit farther to get behind other cover so it makes the gameplay super fast compared to most other tactics games like that and the game feels amazing because of it um it's that's great another one that just kind of need to see um my favorite mechanic of the year though just for how completely unique um and just haven't seen it before uh was actually from snake pass uh controlling the snake in snake pass because it's a platformer style uh game but you're a snake obviously you can't jump you can't do much of anything except move like a snake um Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because of that. Uh, it doesn't fall into the trap that a lot of the other let's make the controls ridiculously complicated type games do, like Quop or like uh, um, uh, Octodad. Because the point is not, oh my goodness, look how funny it is. You can't control this thing with ridiculous controls. You're controlling a snake. You can get better at it the more you practice. And you'll eventually get to the point where you can control the snake more or less like an actual snake could control themselves after getting to use the controls for a while. Yeah, that's weird. And it's just, it feels yeah. really good because of it. Um, and that was, that, that was... That was one I really wanted to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. I saw the music was done by David Wise, who did uh, um, some work in like ukulele and Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was... That was one I wish I could have gotten around to. I was curious yeah, about it. It's really good. I, I know a lot of people were kind of turned off because of that whole thing, learning how to control a snake through a platforming style game. High learning yeah, curve. Yeah, high learning yeah, curve. Yeah. But it's super satisfying to eventually overcome that because it's, it, it's not like I said, some of those other games, mm-hmm. you'll never master the controls, and that's the point. It's, it's the opposite in this yeah. one. It's tough to control because it's completely foreign, but it works so well. Yeah. I mean, I'm 31 years old and I barely mastered how to control my own snake. Mm. So. That's true. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Whoa, yours articulates like a snake? That's fucking crazy. That's that's what she said. Um, all right, so... <laughs> thanks for the setup. Whoa, whoa she, she said she that. She said, damn, yeah. yours articulates like a snake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, I guess in there is also Gorogoa, but I mentioned that before with the whole puzzle game thing being part of the storytelling yeah, yeah. mechanism. But that... Yeah. I, I want a small shout out because Josh cheated on this mm-hmm. category. I want to say ripping all the little parts off in Horizon was oh, really yeah. cool, too. Um, they gave all the... The animatronic or the animatronic, the the machines, like the gameplay in that game, is basically finding their weak points, analyzing them, and then uh, disassembling them in creative ways. Pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, that was cool. that was short list of things to mention, but I I didn't want to go on for forever on mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Uh, I'll, I really want to try Snake Pass one day. Uh, next up is favorite use of sound design. So this is an interesting one. Josh, I know you're a sound guy, so I'll throw it back to you here first real quickly. Um, when you thought about this category, what, what uh, did you end up settling on for I guess, favorite or best use of sound design. Yeah, this, uh, like I mentioned before, when we were doing the narrative, this was almost my tie. Um, yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll mention what would have been my tie, but I'm not, we're not doing it. Um, Zelda is, the way they handle the sound in that game is really good. Wow. Really good. It's, did not it's expect really, that. Okay. It's, it's really I, open. I agree. It's, was that your choice too, Fish? No, oh, okay. it was yeah. it was my runner but up. It's, oh, okay, it's, gotcha. it's but, so good. Yeah. The the, example, the audio cues in that game are 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 great. Um, it's mostly ambience, but you can hear enemies and uh, different creatures and stuff all around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it feels good. It just. They make silence in a game feel good, which is just that's it's almost not done. Um, in most games, they just they mm-hmm. fill it with music yeah. because the world can't stand on its own. Um, and Breath of the Wild really was able to pull that whole world together with the audio, with with a lot of other stuff as well. But the audio really helped in that game a lot. Um, but. But best sound by a mile. It, well, not by a mile. I cheated yeah. again. You cheated again yes. on all these categories. She yelled again. at me for cheating in the beginning. Yeah, that's true. And you are you, cheating, Josh. I am a, a very ton. cheating. But but this one, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am very very cheating. very cheating. Um, <clears throat> the best sound design. <laughs> it has to go. You are very English. <laughs> it has to go to Hellblade. No. Nah. It has to go to Hellblade. Yeah, um, Agreed. Same. Yeah. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. Just the way they handle, um, just the 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 inner dialogue, the all the different voices, all the not yeah. not just all the different voices, just her own thoughts, the world around there. It's it's amazing how how they handle that because you can usually tell what's in the world and what's in your head, but not always. And they use that to a really good effect in several places through that game. Um, it just, yeah. it sounds amazing. It sounds so good. Um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. You want to piggyback on that, Shay? Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's a game that we said before makes you actually want to play with the headphones more than any other game I've ever played. Um, there's so much going on in terms of the audio that it's almost like an overload of what's going on so Mm -hmm. it's incredible yeah sensory overload i don't really have anything to add to it because josh said it well enough but yeah it's incredible like okay that game is incredible all around but one of the like if i would were to name one of the top two things it's the it's the sound design on it for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is pretty impressive um Okay, so Josh and Shay. All right, Fish, and depending, I'm hoping you picked my choice, because if you didn't, I'm, my choice has no chance of surviving later in the gauntlet. Mm, probably not. <laughs> um, all right. But, yeah, I definitely had a tie here, which is was this your between tie? Zelda and... 
Yeah, oh, Zelda okay. and Pyre. Oh, and I, I chose I chose Pyre because I've loved the way they really made they really bring the music and the themes out in a way that just fits the the whole feeling of the story. Like as you're as you're going through the dialogue of the characters, like the the music starts mm-hmm. to kick up, and when they start saying like like more heated stuff in into their conversations, like they it, they just kick in another piece of an instrument in there that just really takes on another tone, and it, it just works so well. Like at, to the point where I was like, man, I I wish there was just somebody like a band behind me playing to like my life at that point, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's that type of feeling. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, it has like, you can't really have that one day fish. You rusted. can have a band playing the soundtrack <laughs> to your life. Don't give up on that dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they play like this old rustic, uh, acoustic guitar. Like that's kind of like their main theme throughout the whole game. And well, not do I haven't actually beat the game, but yeah, it, that's very prominent in that game. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Pyre and Zelda yeah. were your time? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And, and like Josh was saying, like the silence in Zelda only does more justice for the actual themes that actually do come up. Because the entire time, like as you're exploring the the areas, um, you, you can only hear like the enemies. Like, like I, I was like, Today I was playing it and um, I was climbing up a mountain and like it's very quiet, quiet and kind of somber. It was nighttime, so a bunch of night animals were out and like all of a sudden I hear like snoring. I'm like, what is that? And then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's those big old hinnicks <laughs> that are those giants that are just sleeping every time you come across them. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, where, where the fuck is he?" And you know, you you can actually just try and pinpoint him out. Also, notice that like, whenever you hear a owl hoot in the game, even though you don't necessarily see owls in the game, mm-hmm. at least I haven't seen one. Every time they do hoot, it, they're from a direction of a tree. Whereas I feel like any developer would have just made that hoot come out of nowhere. But in this game, it's actually kind of directional, and you could pinpoint exactly where they're at. And they always come from a tree, you know. So uh, I, I just have to give them props for taking that much. <laughs> That's care so cute. And... You're getting all excited about the owls. <laughs> I can hear the hoots. That's cool. That's actually a well, really cool that, I mean, point to add because I did well, not know that. You know, That's from really a, cool. well, from a developer standpoint, you know, you can if you just want to have a hooting howl, like you just put it in there, and you don't necessarily distinguish where exactly that hoot comes from and Zelda goes that extra mile of making sure that it feels like you're actually in this world and you can look around and see exactly where it comes from. So so what you're saying is the dagger tooth for best hooting owl goes to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Basically. Okay. I can I can get behind that. You know, I I'm maybe I can sway fish a little on this, but probably not, because this is something he talked about in the beginning of the year when we talked about my choice for best sound design, which is Resident Evil Seven, um, and that is a horror game that is completely survives on the tension and the fear of what you hear as you're creeping around that house, whether it's fucking um, 
the Baker family, the creeping around. You can hear them walking in another hallway or all the ambient sounds of the, of the, the night or something screaming, shuffling down a wet hallway. Like the sound. Is, and not only that. How they use the music in the safe room in Resident Evil 7 is pivotal. Like, there is a song I was trying to send to you guys. I don't know if I was, uh, if you, you probably don't even remember it, which is a fucking tragedy. But, um, Josh is talking shit to me in the sky, in the Skype chat, and I can't <laughs> see it. But, um, and yes, when you played in VR, but still, I had really nice headphones on and I was locked in. But, um, so. Like there's when you go to the safe room, it's like one of the only times in the game you hear music. It's this soft, melodic, somber, but like almost warm melody every time you're just in the safe room. And then there's a song they play at the beginning of the game and the very end of the game that is just like classic. And it's just not just how they use music in the game, but think about a horror game. Okay, Fish, think about a horror game. How important for the terror and the anxiety is the sound design? that they are implementing by the developers. I just want you to think about that as we mm-hmm. move into that category yeah. later on. Yeah. But the thing is, is like with a lot of those horror games, um, not necessarily Resident Evil 7 in particular, but a lot of times like they use like real popular sound bites of like screams and uh-huh. um, eerie type of sounds to the point where it, a lot of it just kind of sounds the same to me. But, but you said Resident um, Evil 7 doesn't do get- that. You just said. Yeah, Resident Evil 7, I would say, does a good job as far as, like, using those sounds to their advantage to bring to life the, the house that you're at and in the different rooms that you go to. Don't you remember after the dinner um, when you'd hear the fucking Baker dad I thought we were wandering. doing the convincing later on. Uh, all right, Isn't all this right, right, right now fine. just naming our... Ca- well, I'm, I'm just... I'm just- Talking Isn't this naming our categories right now and then doing the convincing later on? Let's hey, do the convincing hey, later on. Josh talked we're about 15 ou- things. All right. We're three hours in. Hey, don't rush me. Don't don't like to be rushed. Please. All right. I lost my train She never said that. Um, she, she never says that, ever. Um, okay, so best sound design for me was Resident Evil 7. For Fish, it was Breath of the Wild. And Shay, it was Hellblade. And uh, Josh, it was also Hellblade. Uh, Let us see here. Okay, favorite game this year that was not released this year. Um, I will throw this one to Fish first. Um... So so picking this game was I felt bad picking it, but and the fact that I haven't played it up until this year and like hearing you guys talk about it earlier or late last year as well. Um but Rocket League um oh. I ended up picking up this year. Good and choice. Good choice. I I was I was trying to think. I was like did I play Rocket League? This year or last year, but then I realized like I was playing Player Unknowns and Rocket League. I both I got the both of those games at the same time, and I remember going back and forth between them. And both games are really fun, but um, yeah, Rocket League didn't come out this year, but I had a immense amount of fun playing that game. Just how competitive it is, and the physics mm-hmm. on the car, and the actual ball that you're trying to get into the goal. 
the slow-mo of each shot uh each shot that you take that ends up with a goal is it's it's all just exciting and fun and um yeah i spent plenty of hours just playing that game also the customization on your cars as well Mm -hmm. like i just think it's a very well-made type of game that you could just jump right into and have fun with yeah do you have that on the ps4 uh no pc fuck you Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It wasn't the it's game okay. I was hoping Fish was going to select, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Fell into the hole of Rocket League once again. Um, it's, a, it's a glorious hole. Yeah, well. Also known as a glory hole. I, I set him up mm-hmm. for that one. Oh. Um, okay, well, that's a, a great choice, Fish. And there's, I know Rocket League is still a crazy phenomenon that I will never quite understand. Um, what about you, Shay? What is your choice? This one's simple. Witcher 3. You guys know when mm. January started, I played that game for 100 hours. Like, once January hit and the game of the year was done, I was like, fuck, I've been waiting to play this game for two months. I'm going to put it in. And my God, did I become enamored with that game. If that game came out this year, it would be my game of the year easily. I know plenty of people who love that game. I could sit here and dote on it for many hours. Um, that Did game you just is say phenomenal. you know plenty of people who love that game? Yes. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> just like, what, is it, what does it not have to do with anything? Like, well, I mean, I, What I'm like saying is I don't person? need to sit there and describe the game because many people have already played it and love it. That would be like me sitting here trying to explain um like skyrim or destiny 2 like why i loved it so much i don't need to explain it you know not necessarily what it is but why you loved it i think is interesting like why did you love the witcher so much there's a hundred fantasy games out there what makes the witcher 3 special okay that's fair um it's incredibly incredibly immersive the story is just i think phenomenal um i know that you guys weren't as high on it as i was um, there are so many different types of creatures. It's an open world game, obviously. There are many ways you can play it. Um, the card game in it, Gwent, is very fun. You guys know I'm privy to card games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had no idea. No, none. Hmm. But yeah, it's just overall, it just there's so much you can do in that game, really. And um, I felt I fell in love with it pretty much instantly the moment I put it in. And please don't say that's what she said. Please don't. <laughs> I didn't have to. Aww. You uh see I've I've now infected everyone to where they just say it for me. So mm-hmm. um well, I, you I definitely th- have infected everyone. Yep. Oh yeah. That's also what she said. Um, you know, it's with the story in The Witcher Three, it was like a ten out of ten for me. Like how graphic it was. Um it was basically like fixed a lot of my issues with fantasy. Like I hate whimsical goofy fantasy like lord of the rings is not my thing but i love dark um vile disgusting fantasy like like his own fantasies the witcher 3 yes yes exactly uh it was just the gameplay that i had issues with in the witcher 3 that was my only i didn't like playing it but i loved uh the story with all my heart so yeah 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 i could definitely see that i remember we had a lot of fun talking about that and it's a shame that fish and josh never got to sink their teeth into it i played Speaking more of josh, josh would hate the game 
Josh will never forget the Griffin. Long live the Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an inside joke. If you go listen to the very first old Rusty podcast we did this year, you'll hear it. One of the first ones. Um, anyways, moving on. My favorite game of this year. Uh, I mean, I thought Fish was going to for sure go with this because I got him addicted to it for a good couple of weeks. And that was No Man's Sky, Atlas Rises, the return uh, and the improvement uh, of No Man's Sky. Uh, I'm going to go to the I, store. I'll be back in half an hour when Morgan's done. Okay. You gonna tell me that Rocket League? <laughs> you gonna tell me Rocket League is better than No Man's Sky? Yes. 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 You guys are on yes. drugs, all of you. Yes. I know Fish is on drugs. He's shooting oh. it straight into. He's sucking, snorting straight <laughs> off the the Morgan U. But the rest of you, come on. No Morgan U. Right. Okay. Uh, Morgan <laughs> um, not you. Not you, Morgan. Morgan me. Morgan U. Morgan is all of us. So Morgan us. Basically, they just made a lot of good improvements to that game. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing the base building. They they added a lot of nice little quests and stuff like that. Uh, fairly rote things, but inside of a game that randomly generates um, millions of beautiful planets and creatures and goofy shit like that, it was a nice welcome change. Wait, wait, that that was DLC for the game though. Does that count? Well, the category is DLC, but whatever. No, the category was a game that you played this year that wasn't really released this year. Um, Yeah, but it was like the first time you played it. You played it last year. Yeah, that's what I was under the impression of. Morgan cheated. He's no longer the host. (laughs) Okay, guys. So, Fish, what was your choice? He's just trying to. Josh, what was your choice? (laughs) Some, well, I think the worst game that I played from a different year. Wait, hold on. That uh, that you know that I played this year was actually the No Man's Sky DLC because they changed everything that was good about that game <laughs> and somehow didn't fix any of the problems. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. The only thing I was sad about is that they rearranged the uh, worlds, so like. A lot of the worlds that I had like named and like uh, made my own were like changed. So um, I had this shark planet, and I went back to it, and there was no sharks. Mm. So it was very sad because yeah. they had to redo the algorithm, I guess, to to make it more interesting. So um, No Man's Sky is still something I will champion until the day I die. It's just the way it is. It was a great update, and it definitely mm. works on this category. I played that game for like three weeks, and I obsessed over it. And he's talked about it for eighteen weeks. I didn't talk about it that much, all things considered. God, it was like no one or two times. talk about No Man's Sky anymore. <laughs> you haven't even played it. Uh, you don't even know. That's how much of a fuck I don't give. Uh, Speaking of best ecosystem, No Man's Sky. Yeah. Um, there no, are, I'm just kidding. There's too many ecosystems. Yeah. Even with that full algorithm, know, but, making all those planets with all this different stuff, they still don't have as much content as Morgan talking about the game. Oh, believe me. I might spiral off and just make a No Man's Sky podcast mm-hmm. one day, and then that'll just be... I'll be I did meet this guy on... The, on uh, Enjoy the two listeners you get. <laughs> I like the way that... I, I, I like the way this conversation started. I met this guy on Instagram, and uh, he was... Basically, he would go through No Man's Sky for months at a time, and he would catalog every creature he found. He was basically creating his own, like, uh, encyclopedia. Uh, and it was really cool. Um, which is my dream. So, anyways, moving on... 
No Man's Sky, congratulations and continuing to improve and changing a lot of the bad buzz around that game for the better. Fuck you, Rocket League. All right, so favorite ecosystem. I might, Thank might you, not Rocket League. I think, jo- I think Josh still needs to make his choice. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Did I skip you, Josh? I'm so sorry. Fucking uh, rude, so Josh busy. started Suck talking shit on No Man's, Man's Sky. Again. Well, what did you say about No Man's Sky again? <laughs> I said it, you lost your turn. I said it was the worst game from another it. year that I played this year. So. Yeah, that's why we took your mm-hmm. turn away. It's true. Shay don't, doesn't know that. <laughs> He's just saying things. Uh, yeah. Um, How would you like if some girl was running around saying you had a tiny dick and she had never had sex with you? Would you like that? Um, it wouldn't be the first time. And like an adult, I would just let it roll off by my uh, shoulders. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm letting this. You know. I'm not letting this roll off my shoulders. Go ahead, Josh. What was your? I'm sorry, I skipped you. What was your favorite game uh, uh, this year that was not released this year? I disqualified any that I had played before, which would have disqualified No Man's No Thank Man's you. Sky if it didn't, you know, get worse with the update. Um, but therefore ruling out like any of the blizzard games that i still play a bunch because i still love those games i still play a bunch of hearthstone a bunch of overwatch so i just threw those out just so i could play something you know something that i played first time this year um and there were a couple good choices but i think one of my favorites excuse me um quadrilateral cowboy almost almost but i that was my guess yeah i that was short list short list that was on it um but i think i enjoyed steam world heist more this year hmm. okay. makes sense makes yeah, sense which is the uh same people who make steam world dig um but it's a side scrolling uh like tactics game um like combat based um slightly stealth based um heists that you do in space and it's really cool it's it's really really fun one of the favorite games i've played this year even if even if games that did come out this year it's still it's still up there it's a really good game um one of my favorites this year steam world heist Mm -hmm. wish i could have more familiarity with that game i could talk to you about it but i just don't know that much about it other than what i've heard so um i really need to get around to playing that one all right, so Josh, SteamWorld Heist, Fish, Rocket League, Shay, The Witcher 3, and myself, No Man's Sky. And it is valid in this category. All right. I'm sad to say this. We are on the last category before we start fighting. This is our special category because of the nature of our podcast, and it is favorite ecosystem. When This is experimental as well, but the idea is we love biology. And in real life, and we always talk about animals and weird shit like that on the podcast. And we thought, what about biologies that take place in video games? Like, if there was a new Pokemon game this year, that would have been a great candidate for something like this. Mm-hmm. And there was technically a Pokemon game, but let's be honest, meh, more recycled bullshit. Um, but in its heyday, Pokemon would have been a great example. So we want to get creative with our answers here. Um, I'll lead the way because I'm very excited and confident about my selection. And that would be Horizon... Zero Dawn. Anybody else have that one? Uh, Yes. Do you really? Yes. Oh. Hmm. Me and Shea Horizon. Good job. Good job. Thank Uh, you. High five, Eskimo. 
what are we called? Eskimo did... Guardian Brothers. Yeah. Well, now it's Horizon, so we're um, whatever they're called in Horizon. I don't even remember. Um, Hunters? Eskimo Owls. Um, uh... <laughs> Our tresses. <laughs> Our braids are locked together, and we are naked and um, scissoring. Yeah, under so, this weird blue tree. It, why? Yeah, it was a whole, it's a whole thing. Huh. Um, what is your so Shay? Why did you pick Horizon? Because clearly, um, metal creatures are bio, biologically sound in this category. All of the metal creatures are nature's creations and it just makes perfect sense with this category no um in all seriousness um it was kind of like a half joke half serious it's really cool um the way they made these metal creatures feel almost lifelike in terms of like they gave these creatures their own um what is it consciousness and the ability to exist and exhibit behaviors akin to the creatures they're emulating so if it's like a cow-like yeah, creature yeah. obviously they graze um if it's an elk-like creature they're going to run away from you in fright if it's a small velociraptor that that thing is going to fuck you up in droves um if it's like that giant bronchiosaurus dinosaur-like thing tall neck yeah it's not going to pay you this minuscule little creature any heed because mm-hmm. what are you going to do to it? So in terms of that, it was it was pretty cool um, to see. I liked it a lot. So half joke, half serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, it was that one of the so the reason they put the machines on the planet was pretty cool because they basically the machines job. They were tasked with basically like repop not repopulating but fixing the earth so like you had the machines that were like sort of the herders and the grazers and they were like retilling the soil and planting and stuff like all the machines were designed with the purpose to help fix the earth after uh, most of its destruction and they even set them up like Shay was saying there's like predatory machines that guard a lot of the machines that are more like important but docile so like and, and yeah, it, the, so the silly fact that they all look and act just like real animals, but they're machines. They're not actually biological. But I thought that was like what was so fascinating when I thought about this category that that immediately came to mind um, as well. And uh, it's it's just really cool the way. And I'm curious to see in Horizon Two the different cre- if they make a machine turtle in Horizon Two. That's all I want. I want a giant fucking machine turtle, and I will be in heaven. And I'm really excited to see the whole onslaught of machines that they create for the sequel and how they further play into that. And just watching them live and breathe in the world is incredible because it's like, like Shay said, it's almost a half joke, half serious uh, thing, but they're actually re um, furnishing this world with the nutrients it needs uh, like uh, to survive as well as just acting like animals. And it's just really cool. So yes, horizon is my choice. Fish best ecosystem. Of the year. This is this is just, it's a no brainer. It's Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm just gonna continue. Oh, so you okay. picked it too, Josh? Yeah, okay. It is. Oh man, we're gonna be fighting later about this one. That's gonna Our be first a fun double fight. tie. I I mean, it, they created this open world where 
it doesn't feel like there's any fluff in this game whatsoever. Like, it, but there's there's so many open world games that I play where uh, Horizon, especially where I'm running and I feel like I'm left with that monotonous feeling of I got to get to this next area before I start having fun. Whereas in Zelda, like I'm constantly looking around, seeing what exactly I could do because there's just so many different things that you can find and explore and spot out from the distance that gives you that feeling that you're exploring this world and it just feels more alive. Like anything from like finding the little Koroks, uh, the Korok seeds, um, even though that's mundane, like doing them and the different uh, tasks of actually um, getting them is uh, a little, uh, I guess, change of pace in that game. But like finding enemy camps and seeing, but that's not ecosystem. Uh, ecosystem is, is it's more deeper than that. You're you're really gonna fight for that's not is ecosystem it? when your choice was robots. Well, I mean. Well, I'm not saying that. Are you talking? Yeah, you you even said it was a joke, half joke. Come on. Yeah, but you're gonna get real critical with me right now. <laughs> not not yeah. yet. Over Zelda, that. monsters that. don't Continue. count. Continue. Only robots. Thank thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm right. I shouldn't be arguing that right now. Continue. I'm sorry, Fish. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's. Yeah, I enjoy that world quite a bit. It, they 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 seem to find a way to make a big, vast open world and leave out the the one thing that most open world games kind of fall flat on is they seem to it doesn't feel dense because it still feels like a very open world and you can run for minutes at a time before you actually do something, but the fact that you're constantly looking around your environment and seeing what you could get into as you're heading towards like a quest or or you have something in mind as far as exploring a certain area or yeah. you see a shrine or something like that. It, it just feels really... They strike a great balance between making a, a dense game as far as like activities to do and yet still leaving that feeling that you're just in this open world and uh, you, you can explore it at your leisure. Yeah. Want to piggyback on that, Josh? Yeah. I mean, one of the, um, I mean, Horizon does this as well, but the interactions between all the different creatures in Breath of the Wild is really yeah, impressive. Yeah. Um, just the way, the way the creatures affect each other, the way the world affects the creatures, the way, the way they all react to you is is unique um and it just makes it feel like mm-hmm. a real place and both these games do this well but for me i felt like i felt like zelda did that a little bit better because it just feels like there's um like just everything's accounted for um you know with different animals coming out at different times of day um different monsters reacting to animals in different ways um and vice versa like some animals really don't like the monsters and some of them don't really care um yeah it's just it's really cool um it's 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 really well done um and you can do it's yeah yeah like 
Yeah. I mean, if, if we're putting robots in there, I don't see why we're not putting monsters in there as well. The different monsters, <sighs> the way they react. Um, do they react to the wildlife? They react to the wildlife. Um, they'll hunt them. I guess they do. Like you can hit like a bee's nest down and shit. Yeah, like that. yeah, um, yeah. Like pretty much every enemy is a little afraid of bees. Not not all of them. Some of them don't really care. Like the um, like the bigger ones, the machines, stuff like that. Bees don't bother them. Um, but like you know, just the regular little monsters, bees will get them. Um, most of the monsters will attack deer and boars and stuff like that and, and hunt them. Um, yeah. Certain enemies, if they know how to ride, not all of them know how to ride, but if they know how to ride, they'll steal your horse. If you Mm. park your horse too close to them and go try to attack them, they'll steal your horse and then charge you with your own horse and try to, try to attack you with it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and there's just, there's just little interactions like that everywhere. Um, I wish there was more, but yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to argue about it yet, but there is, I mean, there the ecosystem, like every animal, the way it responds to you mm-hmm. in the world. Like I just went around chopping grass the other day for like 10 minutes just to see all the little critters that would come scurrying out of the grass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they did do a, an incredible job of... And, you know, that ecosystem plays into, like, the cooking and uh, the potions that you're creating and stuff like that. So it has a strong use for you as a character. It's not just there um, adversarially or as window dressing. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be an interesting one. So Fish and Josh settle on Breath of the Wild for favorite ecosystem, while me and Shay settle on Horizon 